0: Hello, what have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, Lens. We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle, the beginning.
1: i got a bad feeling about this. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect.
2: So, this is where the fun begins. Ha, 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 ha,
0: ha, ha! <laughs> ha, What are you talking about? This is madness. You can't! What am can I saying? What
2: am I saying? What am I Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinan, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me today are my Star Wars
0: friends. I'm Josh, and I'm the captain of Team ATAT. <laughs> 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 I'm Justin, and I really got to find out how to become a part of Director Squadron. Oh, yeah. This is Kyle, and I know it's called Nat At. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
2: love it, dude. That, so, for any of you listening out there, I'm, I might post a poll on Twitter here. Uh, is it at or at And I think that's just going to read hilarious on Twitter as the poll, right? At-At. At-At. <laughs> we have this ongoing, uh, It's I, I wouldn't call it a feud. I would just call it a, a, a gentleman's disagreement on how to pronounce <laughs> at-, sure. at. Yeah. A-T-A-T. <laughs> so, um, you know. What do you guys think? Hit us up. What do you think the actual pronunciation of this is? I'm I'm team at at all
1: day. So, you're we'll, team wrong all day too. It's fine. Yeah, hey, I will
3: the, the
2: I still love you, buddy? We're going to leave it up to the Twitter poll. How about that? How about that? We actually, you know what? We did a Twitter poll just a few days ago. I don't know if you guys saw. Uh, it was Jedi Fallen Order Twitter poll. So that was uh, it was kind of something like: Have you started it? Are you almost there? Are you halfway there? Are you finished? Uh, I'm. I think I'm almost finished. And Josh, you finished the other night, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it finished abruptly oh. for me, at least. <laughs> really. So
2: now, did you go back and try to find anything else? C- Does it allow you to go back? after you complete the game or is it
1: just like roll credits? No. So, well, yeah, so roll credits, but then you can go like, it brings you You back to the regular menu and then you can go back and explore plants more. Yeah.
2: Okay, good, good. I'm definitely excited for that. Um, I'm also excited for all the new listeners that we have out there. Um, this is, Once again, this is only episode seven. We're a brand new Star Wars podcast in a galaxy filled with really amazing podcasts out there. And I know that we've made connections with other really great podcasts. And uh, all the listeners out there, uh, this is... You know, thank you so much. We we love doing this. We love talking Star Wars, and we love hearing from you guys. Uh, We met a lot of new people this week through social. We got a lot of uh, questions that were submitted for our Rise of Skywalker hype show that we're going to record. So keep it coming, man. We just want to be your friend. We want to talk Star Wars. We want to get perspectives from all different angles of the galaxy. So you can always hit us up on our social channels at sw Friends show that's on twitter instagram facebook you can hit us up uh through email show at starwarsfriends.com and we just want to hear from you guys this is what it's all about it's the fan community we want to we want to see what you guys got in your collections we want to see you know what did you bake an ahsoka cake for you know your holiday party. Did you do something, you know, do you have a cool star Wars sweater? And all of us are, are pin collectors. We would love to see some, some pins. Cause there's just so many out there. Uh, right now I'm rocking a holiday sweater, uh, with a holiday Boba Fett pin. Um, one of my mini holiday edition Boba Fett pins and, uh, courtesy of black series rebels. My, our dudes over there, but, um, we were talking a lot pre-show today about a lot of different things um one of the things that came up before the show this was a wild week in fandom guys it has not calmed down over the last i don't know uh probably six years let's be yeah, honest. i was but, say, <laughs> when did
3: the force awakens come out again
2: but i think we're on we're, we're riding the, the roller coaster up or uh you know to the peak here to the to the the summit Uh, which is episode nine and the tension is there, the fear, you know, when you go up on that really big roller coaster and it's real slow and you're like, Oh, you're looking down and it's kind of crazy. That's kind of where we're at right now. Um, there's just so much that happened this past week, including, um, or maybe it was earlier or later last week, but the rise of the resistance ride at galaxy's edge open, um, I'm very excited to ride that. I have some friends that have ridden it already multiple times uh, and have checked back in and just was like, yo, it's the best ride. It's that's just absolutely. In- yeah. I love minutes. it, man. Wow. Yeah. 18 minutes a then. on a trackless ride. I can't wait, guys. I'm going to be there in February. So um, I saw you know.
3: some pictures. That place looked packed.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's Which, definitely. Packed. I mean, that's good. Yeah, no, I can't wait to go to Batu and uh, you know buy my Ahsoka plush. Hopefully, they still have it there and and carry her on the Rise of Resistance ride with me. So uh, there's going to be a lot of cool things to do there. I can't wait for that. But the other. The thing that got me, besides my holiday sweater and my holiday Fet pin, I'm also rocking a Boba Fett fan club t-shirt. Those are my friends over at Boba Fett fan club. Uh, I've been a member for a long time because if you listen to this show, I love Boba Fett, and he just (laughs) – it's just one of my favorite characters. The fan club has been around for 23 years. They do a lot of work for charity – and they they're huge advocates for the fan community and what came up this week i woke up to a tweet from them saying that their artwork for their t-shirts have has gotten pulled down from t public which is a uh, it's basically a website where you can upload your own designs and purchase t shirts and mugs and all types of different things with your brand on it their boba fett fan club artwork was pulled down they got a cease and desist by disney corp a lawyer through disney corp and you know, this is my thing. I've mentioned it before. I work in the licensed apparel industry. So I work with main, like big clients, billion dollar corporations, et cetera, et cetera. And licensing is very serious to these companies. But one thing that was always been a concern uh, in the Star Wars community is that George Lucas, when it was Lucasfilm proper prior to Disney, what they did is they really embraced the fan culture and the fan community, allowing fans to create their own artwork, sell it at art shows, put, you know, Han Solo on a t-shirt, uh, and, and sell it. You can do your own interpretations of the artwork. Um, you know, and they would let a lot of that fly. It would only be if, uh, a company got to a certain threshold where they sold, you know, 500,000, 600,000, a million units of something that they would step in and you be like, yo, give me some money. Um, but that was a rare instance. You know, our show is called Star Wars Friends Show. I'm, I'm nervous, and I know we've talked about that Disney might come after us and be like, yo, dude, ha, ha, can't use it for whatever reason. It's like, dude, we're a fan cast. We're not making a penny off this. We just want to promote what we love and talk about what we love. Um, but with that, you know, I, I have had some conversations over the last year or two uh, with artists who have done Star Wars-themed artwork without a license. And they have given me their takes on, you know, how it, to tread very lightly in this in this now this new Disney era, um, and I, I'm going to be fascinated to see. We got Celebration coming up in approximately nine months. Um, if they already clamped down, and and by the way, Boba Fett Fan Club was not the only. Artwork that was taken down. What we estimated was about 800 different designs from multiple websites from Redbubble, Public, and on. Um, about 800 designs were were taken off the Internet um, courtesy of a cease and desist order, you know, uh, and that's frightening. For someone who loves to buy fan art, someone that loves to buy pins on Etsy and um, you know, really support those makers that also love the Star Wars community as much as us, that's terrifying. And with Celebration coming up, part of the experience is walking through the booths and seeing Mm -hmm. all the different fan art and seeing, you know, what these, what these people have to offer. Uh, I'm terrified that it's just going to become this homogenized, you know, Mickey Mouse. And I love Mickey Mouse, but it's going to be this like very specific, non-unique homogenized Star Wars. And that's what none of us want. I don't think any of us would want that. We, we love the, the uniqueness of what, these makers bring to us so what do you what are your guys thoughts on this chris
3: you were just starting to touch on it at the end there i think and the beauty of all the fan made stuff is that it can fill in all these little niche interests you know like i love ahsoka tano and i can find a lot of ahsoka tano stuff t-shirts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, pins whatever that is made by the fan community and they're all beautiful, but You know, if that goes away, Disney doesn't put out a lot of Ahsoka stuff. Disney doesn't put out a lot of stuff for those background obscure characters that a lot of people go crazy over, but no, uh, you know, custom lightsabers. And no matter what you're into, there is somebody out there who makes that. And they might not make a million of them, but they make one and you can get it. And if they stop being allowed to do that, that's going to be an issue, you know? And I was, I was a huge supporter of, if Lucasfilm has to sell, if it's not going to be run by George Lucas, I thought Disney was—they were the people. They could do it right, and I think they have done it right. And I hope this is a hiccup, something that they're ironing mm, out, yeah. and not going to be something that snowballs. Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: to to build on what Kyle said, like at St- Celebration, my two of my goals were to find Ahsoka stuff and Thrawn stuff. Yeah. And like, there's a little bit of Ahsoka stuff, but not very much. Thrawn's and then, another like, great example thron I had to get something commissioned because I literally couldn't right. other than the black series that I already have like I couldn't really find anything so this is it's it's a major blow if this is the way it's going to go but the other thing I was going to say is that I it doesn't surprise me that Disney is doing this because corporations do this what surprises me about it is that we're 7 years into them owning Star Wars mm. and now they're doing it like I would have expected to see this in 2013 2014 when they're When they're like just clamping in and, you know, getting rid of stuff, it surprises me that we're this far in and now they're deciding to go after creators.
0: Yeah. Right. If if you think it's hard finding Ahsoka stuff, try finding like Commander Wolf stuff. For sure. Yeah. It's impossible to find anywhere. I got my two shirts from Redbubble before Celebration last year. And I love those shirts. Super soft, super comfortable. But I just love the simplicity of that design. There is nothing that Disney produces with that logo on it. So that was the only way that I could get it. Um, but it's it's not just uh, it's not just the artwork, but it affects you know everybody else as well. And we talked a little bit before the show that you know 501st Rebel Legion, all those guys with licensing for what they produce regarding challenge coins, patches, yeah. scarves, hats. Uh, the bowling, uh, the the bowling shirts, baseball shirts, t-shirts, whatever they produce, all of that is directly impacted by that licensing as well. So I got a notification earlier this week that we, they were basically no licensing approvals uh, for the time being until they figure everything out. So uh we'll, we'll have to see what what comes of that, but it, it affects a lot of people.
3: You know, benefit of the doubt, and in the interest of being positive, I'm hoping that this is just uh, you know, Disney is making sure they're everything is up to snuff and they approve of it and and they're gonna let business go on as usual. You know, I, I mean I, I can't imagine they would
0: like a regular house. They, they would
3: they would do that to to the fan community yeah. who has kept this this um this franchise alive even through long stretches of you know, no new content. So I I don't, I just, I I hope they figure it out. I think they will benefit of the doubt positive, putting it out into the universe. Disney will do the right thing. And hopefully that's how it goes in the end.
2: Yeah. And it, it just bothers me with the, with the charity angle. Like the, this isn't, this is not a surprise. I mean, once again, just, just listing one organization, Boba Fett Fan Club, that has been around for over two decades, that does charity work, that their proceeds do support charity. Uh, that's just kind of disturbing on its own right. But y- you're right. I think they're going to figure it out. I hope that there is some backlash from this, and I hope that they they listen. I mean, w- what else do they? I don't know. I'm not, I don't even know if I want to go that angle. As far as you know. What else do they need from a financial standpoint? I mean, we support so much of what they do, and Disney's just such a massive corporation as it is. Um, so I, you know, that's the thing. I mean, what are what are they missing out from a vendor who is selling thousand dollars worth of Thrawn pins a year to help pay the rent? You know, are they really? Do they really need that thousand dollars that a maker actually needs to to pay their bills and to support the community? I don't know. That's just it. It's one of my things. I'm, you know, that exact point
3: is kind of why I'm hoping, and I think that it's possible that again, it is maybe they're just approving all this stuff and they want to make sure they have all their ducks in a row and everything. Because you're right, that money doesn't matter to them, and they know it doesn't matter to them, and they know it's not like these people are making things that they're gonna make. It's not right. cutting into the right. market, you know, and people who are spending money on fan made things are also spending money on the official Disney Lucasfilm release products too. So it's, they have to be smart enough to know that. I hope, you know, agreed, we agreed.
2: Yeah. And you know, with that, some of the stuff that they do make, let's just, let's just be honest. It just sits on the shelf for a long time. You know, it's like even some of their licensed stuff right now. I mean, I was just at a target uh, for the first time in a week yesterday. Those, um those, those lightsabers that you can create your own lightsaber sound. I don't think I've seen a single one of those move off the shelf since, uh, force Friday. And it's like, you can, you can literally, I'm a grown man, six foot tall. I have a pretty considerable wingspan. I can just bear hug, All these lightsabers in every store, and probably walk out with 40, 50. Every store I go into, they're just not selling. But it's like if a fan makes a a lightsaber, it could be something unique and special, whatever. I don't know. I, you know, I'm just kind of getting off the rails here with that. But
3: Chris, the only place I've seen one of those off the rack is in a toy drive been like a donate already (laughs) yeah like like somebody was like oh i'll I'll donate one on the way out and they grabbed one of those and that's literally the only place i've seen one not for sale
2: yeah, and the other, you know, I'm not a Hot Wheels collector. Do you guys collect any of the Star Wars Hot Wheels? Is that in, in any no, of your collections? No,
3: no. I've seen a couple of vehicles that look kind of nice. Like they, yeah. the Hot Wheels yeah. will do replica of the ships, but I don't
2: have it. Those stuff. seem to be peg Those warmers, are, um, not every store I go part. into. Um, the Lego, some of the Lego sets just sit there because I think the, the price is just, the price point is yeah. on it. Like, I, I, dude, I can't afford Legos. I'm I, Dude, I buy a lot of stuff. There's and some I really look cool a,
3: ones too, but. Oh, yeah.
2: But what was the uh, what was well? I would only buy the big kits. I'm not going to buy a little. Oh, yeah, like
3: Vader's uh, castle is awesome, but it's it's like 300 bucks or something. Yeah. You know? Well, the one
2: I was thinking of was was it uh, Vader's destroyer came out and oh. it's like it's like 800 dollars. You yeah. know, I, that's the thing. I, I'm not going to buy a little 25 35 piece set. I want the thousand four thousand sure. piece set. And that price point when you get past 500 pieces is just crazy. Yeah. So with the license. Um, yeah, it's the licensed. Oh, darn you, Lego! Uh, so with this, uh, there's some other things that happen in, in this week in Star Wars as well. Uh, we got more trailers from Rise of Skywalker. Um, I have not watched it. Don't want to watch it. I had I a lot of people. You watched it? Oh,
0: I watched it. Yeah, I had to. It's <laughs> had
2: so to. good. Though. It. No, That's no, awesome. don't. Tell I'm an anti me. over here. Anti trailer. <laughs> um, you know, it's fascinating. I had multiple people text me when that thing dropped. And I and one and w- luckily the first text message I got was yo this is probably pretty, pretty spoiler heavy uh, you might you may or may not want to watch this and the moment someone says spoiler I go oh no I'm not even going to get into it um, here's the thing I think we've talked about this previously though like you know there's this thing in America where we don't want to get spoiled but other countries they value those type of they want to see as much as possible because it's just. It, it It adds to the story for them. But for me, I just want to I want that pure excitement, that pure shock. But I did hear the trailer was impressive. And I don't even want to talk about it on our Rise of Skywalker show tomorrow. Um I don't need to hear about it other than it's out there. and uh, you guys
1: have watched
3: Josh. It. okay, don't let me say, spoil
1: me. I'm not going <laughs> to spoil anything. I'm just my only i just I just want to make a point about this. I will say that the content of this clip that they—I re- don't understand why they're releasing a clip like this so soon, I f- or so close. I take. feel like you've either bought your tickets or you haven't. And y- if you haven't right. bought your tickets, you're not going. But the the thing about this, and in, and I—I in, don't know if Justin will agree, but I think like what was what was shown in this clip is not like for casuals. It's for people like us. Like casual yes. people will enjoy it, but. Casual people are seeing it and going, "Oh, more Star Wars stuff." We're like, right, oh my right. god, did you see that? Oh my god, like it's it was stuff that's not like you. The people that are going to enjoy and take stuff out of this clip bought their tickets in October. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
0: I mean, my my mind went so many places as soon as I saw it, and I went, "Oh, this is this is huge." Because uh, depending on you know what your impression is, or what your thoughts or um, future uh, ideas are, are of TROS, then. This definitely takes you in those directions, I think. So uh, it was interesting.
2: Yeah, and Josh, on your point, do you think that it was a mistake that Disney released a clip like this? Uh, Or or Justin or Josh. I mean, both of you guys watched it. Do you think that it was a faux pas that they put out such a heavy clip before the release? Because I agree. I think that the tickets are already bought. Um I know that it is for hardcore fans just based on the little bit that I I know about it and it's like what did it add? Why couldn't you just do another like, you know, throw another promo on Sunday Night Football tomorrow and, you know, call it a day? What do we what do we gain from getting uh, a substantial clip like this? I don't know.
0: I don't know. For for me, like I said, it it led me to to think some things, but how it was set up, um I I I, I after I rewatched it again, I went, "Okay, you know, this is happening, but why is it happening this way versus it could happen this way? Um, so for me, it still leaves questions in my mind as to why is this? Why are they showing me this the way that it is, um, you know, to to kind of throw me off the track, I guess. But mm-hmm. I, I thought it was it was very interesting. So, Josh,
1: okay. I don't know what you what, thought. What, I don't think it was it, I don't think it was necessary at all what they showed. Um, in this and the dialogue that is in this clip, um, puts my mind in a completely different place about this movie than mm. it was previously. Yeah, in a good way or a bad way? In a good way, for okay. sure. Agreed. Uh, not that I, I already had warm feelings and good expectations about this movie already, but it just put me in a different place. Like things, obviously, things are happening and settings are happening that I had no idea. So, yeah. Okay. Well, right we should probably stop soon before we <laughs> somebody's going <gonna laughs> right to slip off, and right make off a the bat. I'm
3: I'm at least like two trailers behind because uh, I decided a while ago I I was, you know, I've got my ticket. I mean, yeah. I don't yeah. you know, I, I just want to be surprised. So, um I wonder if and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, um You know, people have been really excited about this movie, and people had really strong opinions about the previous couple movies. And I wonder if they're just trying to like steer you in. This is what's going to happen, and try to manage people's expectations a little bit, and uh, so people, you know, kind of steer everybody in the direction of what to expect.
2: Well, do you also? And because this was this was going to be my next point here. Do you also think that Disney? Reacted to potentially the negative press that came out this past week um, from all these, you know, uh, Rise of Skywalker press junkets that the actors are doing across the world. I mean, these these guys have not been able to talk about this movie or really any of the movies they've been in for a year, for six months. You know, they get interviewed often, hey, who's Ray's parents? You know, whatever, you know, and you can't answer a single thing about Star Wars. And now, you know, they're months removed from the filming of this process, and they have to answer all these questions. Um, and it's the final movie, so there might be, you know, grains of truth here and there. But really, it was a controversial week as far as the actors in the film's interviews go. It definitely exploded on Twitter. I had to remove myself from uh, Twitter for a little bit because there were some definitely heated, um, heated opinions and heated thoughts towards these actors and you know, really you got to, once you got to remove guys, you got to remove yourself. The actors are humans. They're not the characters that we love on screen, right? Um, they are allowed to have their thoughts and opinions, whether you agree with them or not. Um, you know, it's just like Harrison Ford was not a fan of Star Wars, right? Like he wanted to be killed off. He didn't want this burden uh, of of trying to play in the space fantasy, right? Like that was – he was the grumpy old oh, Harrison Ford uh, doing his thing, right? But he never liked uh, – he was never very uh, positive during the press junkets. And now we – in this age of social media where – you can isolate clips and isolate words and isolate different things. Those articles definitely, I think, uh, in retrospect, were blown out of proportion. But Disney, do you think they pivoted and like kind of put that that long footage out there to distract people or be like, "Yo, it's about the movie. It's not about the interviews." Hello, you know, one of those things. That was my thought.
0: I, I don't. I mean, for going back to the trailer or the the footage that they showed, it was a pretty lengthy clip. Um, of footage how it was edited may be different than what it is in the movie but it was a pretty lengthy clip of footage mm. and I, it's I don't I almost can't view it as something that hey we throw this in the trailer but we're going to throw it away and not actually use it in the movie it was too big not to actually include in the movie gotcha. so how they edited it I would say is probably a little bit different than what you would see in the film but what they used and what they showed it i I I would be shocked, absolutely shocked if it's not in there. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know if it was a distraction from what was going on in the in social media this week. But um, I think it's just that one last push to get it out there, get the sure. get the people in the seats. Um, you know, we've seen some Ray, uh centric clips uh, in the past. We're you know seeing kind of a blend of the two. We'll call it the Kylo centric clip.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: But but you're the, giving Chris details. Is, Well, I know I'm I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Relax. But but we're, you know, you're seeing all of it now, and I think that's what they're trying to push: is that hey, we're giving you everything that you want to see, and this is the last push before the movie. Okay. Yeah, I think
3: they're trying to put butts in the seats, probably. You know, I'm sure this was all planned out. I think it would be hard for a corporation that size and, and, you know, all the moving parts involved to say all my to react to something in a matter of days. You know, I just don't know that. They were other than like a press release. I think it would be hard to put out a trailer in a response to uh, right. the actor's interview, you know, that quickly. But you I know, think they're they probably have record breaking aspirations, right? This movie does have the potential to, you know, have a huge box office number.
2: I don't know if it's going to hit Force Awakens, and I don't know if it's going to hit End Game. Um, I really don't. It's just, you know, I forget who posts. I think Pablo Hidalgo before he went on a uh, Twitter, um, yeah, you snapped. know, Thanos snap, right? Um, he was posting sequel numbers as far as like box office sequels and how they diminish over time. And the more sequels you have, the more the, the records diminish. Um, and I don't know if he was just tempering expectations. This was sometime over the summer, but really Endgame was the one that broke the mold. As far as you know, tail end sequels or whatever, I don't know if this is going to be one of those mold breakers. Do I think it's going to – I don't know, guys. It really depends on the initial fan wave after those first two days, that Thursday and Friday showing, that will – if it unifies the fan base, it will definitely beat Last Jedi – I don't know if it's going to touch Force Awakens numbers. But once again, that's not for me to decide. I know I got tickets on Thursday night. I got tickets on Friday morning. I'm going to see it again the next week. You know, it's like, I'm fine. I mean, uh, you don't have to. I don't care about the box
1: office numbers because I'm going to go see it. Um, But really. Well, that's I, we wanted to want to beat solo. I mean, geez. Yes, I, mean I, th- just I think the pre-sale
2: probably already beat solo.
1: Yeah, true. Just by the nature just of. Think- be in the end of the
3: <laughs> franchise that's so big the potential is there for a big box office number what if it depends on how Solo. good the movie is but i mean it shit it probably has to <laughs> it probably already anybody has, even yeah. finds out
1: what it's about <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's you know that's a uh, guys. I'm not dunking on Solo. I'm just saying it didn't have the numbers, which there's a lot of reasons. We'll get into it when we do our Solo cast, right? Yeah, yeah. December, like literally every other Star Wars movie,
2: but right. Well, another thing that happened uh, this week to pivot is uh, the the soundtrack got released, right? Like, was it? So here here's the thing. Like, I was trying to remember. For previous films, did they release the soundtrack early? I don't remember that. Um, I remember that they they did release a clip of Ray's theme early when Force Awakens was being released, but not the entire soundtrack. But I was at work, and I had checked Twitter late in the day, and they had already – it had gone up online. And then it had been removed by the time I got home. Um, so I, even if I wanted to listen to it, it already got pulled down. Um, just another head scratcher. Uh, not sure why that happened. Um, another head scratcher that I'm actually—I didn't put this in the show notes. I'm thinking of it now because I'm—I I don't like to get angry early in the morning, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I am a huge, and I was talking. It's after to our, now. It is. After, <laughs> uh, I was talking to my friend Paul Bateman, uh, who I hope to have on the show someday. He was—he's uh, an award-winning artist over in London, and we were talking um, earlier this week about how the art of the Rise of Skywalker book has now been pushed back to spring 2020. This is the first Abrams art of Star Wars book that has been pushed back. Um, I'm I'm actually pissed. I, this is a book that I look forward to with every supplemental release. Um, you know, I still have I still have to crack open my Art of Fallen Order because I haven't beaten the game yet. But this is a book that I like to supplement my movie with. I like to have it on Christmas Eve, and I like to read it, uh, and and kind of set my my the tone to. To have subsequent watchings. Um, This is a. I don't know if you guys have ever read the art of books, but Phil Stozetak, he is, uh, you know, he's the guy that puts it all together. Um, They actually. Over the summer, they Lucasfilm told him like, "Yo, dude, stop posting about these art of books. We're gonna take over the publicity from here," and that was kind of jarring to me because Phil has always been someone that I look to for artwork, insider information, and they and Lucasfilm clamped down on him. He's the guy doing the books. He works for them. He gets a paycheck from them. They clamped down on him. So our only thought was after talking with Paul, they had they had produced. This book, they had, they, had, cause it takes a long time to lay out a book and a book of that length, which is anywhere between 150, 250 pages, has to be printed beautifully, you know, really do it justice. There must have been something incredibly, uh, I guess, just, I guess, just different just different from the original cut of this film that had to have changed during the editing process for them to push this book back now to spring 2020. So by the time they originally laid this book out, you know, they probably cut the film. Abram, JJ Abrams was like, yo dude, actually we're going to, we're going to do something totally different. And, you know, we all know they did those reshoots just a while back. Reshoots are generally left for like dialogue pieces or weird edits or whatever, but who knows what they could have done. I'm now fascinated with what was what was the original ending? Because, I mean, it only leads you to believe that something changed drastically. What was the original ending or the intended purpose, and how did it change before the movie we're going to see here in just a few days? And will they explore that in the book that comes out in spring 2020?
3: Chris, do you have um – Like, is that your guess of why it got pushed or do you have a reason to believe that?
2: That is our, between Paul and I, that was our, that was the logical conclusion that something has changed in the film and the story that would give, if it went to press, would have.
3: Because my first thought was that it was like a production issue. Like they had some kind of problem getting it made, getting it distributed, getting it
2: if Something if that like were that. the case, if if that were the case some um, kind of delay, I think that it would would not have been that bad of a delay. You're talking spring twenty you're not talking January fifth, twenty twenty. You're talking, quote, spring twenty twenty. So they are I mean, I don't in my I have also worked. You know, I work in the print industry. I've also worked in paper uh, printing. It's it's a lengthy process to print a book. These things are not even on press right now. Spring could
3: just be like a two or three month push, though. I mean, that doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be a.
2: I don't know, man. dude, this book would have been the book that was supposed to be released on December twentieth probably started printing in September to get ready for this so for them to kick it back another quote two three months there something drastically went went haywire whether it is a print production or a, an actual movie production thing it, it remains to be seen but um, I yeah, think,
3: i'm just curious i don't know
2: yeah with jj abrams though you never know you never know
1: i actually have a source inside Lucasfilm. film i know i know why oh please tell us yeah. They um they JJ actually the reshoots that JJ um I heard from an Ewok slicer oh, that JJ God. uh is adding added baby Yoda to the film. Oh, that's about um, time. So that's oh, why stop. they Is Amy Sedaris going to be in it too? Yeah, she yeah, she's actually playing baby Yoda. <laughs> oh, hey, good. Shit.
2: <laughs> oh no dude. better
1: her than horatio sands and i'll, hey, I'll let's, die bring on back that let's break I would it agree. <laughs> oh you know they need to bring horatio sands back to snl and do a baby yoda sketch with him playing baby yoda that'd oh be, get out of here that'd be so meta it'd be funny oh my
2: goodness so that blue thing well justin do you have any thoughts on why they pushed the book back what do you what do you think
0: i don't know it could it could just be production um you know sometimes if you release it right about the same time and people go you know I haven't seen it yet it gets a little spoilery but i don't know that spring is a long time yeah. <laughs> to push something back yeah. knowing how quickly we can produce something and get it to market today right. uh, so it does seem like it's a long time but it could just be Maybe there was a design issue. Maybe they wanted to add more. I don't know. Uh, it could be a number of things.
2: You got to think, guys. They've been doing these books since the the prequels. And I even have art of books. I have the original art of books from the, uh, the 70s and 80s. And these are not um, – they don't take these lightly. This isn't something that some dude, just like you know, they pay some kid on Craigslist to mock up this book. They invest entire departments, art departments in putting these books together. So I would be hard pressed to believe that it would be a digital design issue or someone in the the shop just forgot to save a file. There's, I, I really do think, and we may never know, and it's just all obviously speculation, but I really hope that Something comes out where they're like, oh, yeah, we were going to go in this direction, uh, but we went this direction instead. Now, I don't know if they're actually going to do that because JJ is pretty secretive. But it's just fascinating to think about, ultimately frustrating, because I love the art of books. I love the art of books. You just learn so much on the whole production process. But anyway, um, guys, let's move on. Let's get into uh, our next segment here. Your lightsabers will make a fine addition to my collection. So lots of uh, lots of merch got released this week uh, post Cyber Monday, uh, mainly the child, the oh, child, so much child stuff, guys. It's uh it started right after Cyber Monday with a couple of pre-orders of uh, the plushie, and now you know Hasbro even has like a 1990s style commercial out with the the talking <laughs> I child. Saw that. It's so awesome, dude. Like I so. But the last episode, I admitted I had not pre-ordered the uh, the plushie yet. But I did pre-order the new talking plushie, and oh. I also pre-ordered the Black Series Child, um, you know, Baby Yoda. And you can get those. I I pre- actually pre-ordered mine on Dorkside Toys, uh, which is a great site. Uh, but you can get them on Amazon, whatever. I'm there's so many other child figurines though now and and, like what did what have you guys seen
0: well they released like three two pack sets of the child like in poses and i I just i didn't get that one because i was i I didn't understand it i was like wait you want me to pay for three different kits of two Mm -hmm. figures just to like display it's almost like precious moments dolls or something like that and i'm like i don't (laughs) i don't i don't need those so but yeah i did the the, uh, the doll the little talking doll and it looks way more animated than what I thought based on the first right. sketches I didn't realize it had sound I didn't realize it
1: came with the cup and the the frog um, and then the black series I ordered those Good I pre-ordered everything on that link you sent us oh really <laughs> all the all the wow. two all the two packs the <laughs> plushy the black series yeah, yeah. you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome I, uh... I got all of it.
0: You I went just ham figured, on
1: the baby Yoda. I didn't <laughs> I well yeah, you know what? I, I you, you guys have been posting like, Oh, here's my Kylo Ren shelf and here's my this person has this Ahsoka. I was <laughs> like, you know what? Baby I'm gonna build Yoda a baby Yoda, Yoda shrine. Yeah. There you I, go, I man. I dig it. And you know, me being a newer collector than some of you guys, like I I've I feel like I've found that if you don't buy some stuff, if you don't buy it as soon as it comes out, yeah,
0: you you're you're, yeah. you're paying double
1: for it later. So yes, I just figured yes. this I was this was my opportunity to jump on it, and I'm like, oh well, they're not going to bill me until May, so it's it's all. Yeah, save it, save your pennies. <laughs> I mean, I'll say those those
0: white box, those first wave white box Black Series six inch figures are right. like skyrocketed on yeah uh, eBay on Evil Bay there. So ooh, I need to go back to Walmart and get that one. I was sending yeah, a picture. If you, of you find them, get them because you won't find them yeah. much longer.
2: Yeah, I still want the Mandalorian white box.
0: Yes, he's like ninety to a hundred and some dollars. That. Yeah. Crazy. Um
3: I'm actually ordering my Black Series Child 1.1 inch um <laughs> right, on on uh Amazon right now and did you guys notice the release date?
2: Yeah, it's uh May the 4th. May the 4th. Yeah. Yeah, baby. International Day. Love, it, love it. Love it.
3: So
0: he's 1.1 inches tall. Can you imagine how small the cup is that oh, comes with And the ball those are the
2: accessories. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. You know, um uh, the one thing I do want to see with Baby Yoda uh, is I want to see a sideshow, like life size sideshow Baby Yoda. I want Why I mean, that is one that I know, Justin, you've already pre ordered the Mandalorian. Um I want a life size baby Yoda sideshow. I you want I can't a one e- one scale. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think that's achievable. I mean, if they're if they're doing a one inch black series, why couldn't you do a, a full size baby Yoda with the cloth, you know, little jacket he's got on? And um, that would be a really cool thing. I think we'll probably see that closer to celebration. Uh, we'll get to see it in person at the sideshow booth. That's my prediction. Uh, but that
0: is something I'll, I'd spend. I'd spend 250, 300 on it. Well, I would say that the one one scale baby Yoda would be far more. Uh, attainable in a price range compared to the one one size Vader that they sell that are like five to seven thousand dollars so I would drop probably a couple hundred dollars on a baby Yoda.
3: They've got a life size actual Yoda so stands for reason. That's true. They they have the technology.
2: That's true. Well one uh, so You know, right now we're, we're getting real close to the holiday. I'm buying gifts for uh, countless members of my family, friends. I got to get gifts for people I work with all these different things. So uh, my, my funds are definitely uh, strapped right now for my personal star Wars collection. Um, however, I have been sitting on this, these Igloo coolers, right? Igloo is a well-known brand. They've been around for what, 5,000 years or whatever. They're like the original cooler company. Um, but they came out with a Star Wars collection uh, a couple of months ago, I think. And I was like, whoa, wait, like these – wait, these are Igloo coolers and they actually look awesome. Like they're really fun designs. Um, and I'm actually traveling a lot after Rise of Skywalker. I'm going to be up in Canada for a bit. I'm going to be in Indiana for a bit. I'm going to be all over the place. And everywhere I go, I'm going to be bringing food. I'm going to be buying food. I'm going to go to you know these things. And I go, you know what? It's time to order the Igloo coolers. It's time just to get them. Um, I ordered the C-3PO. Mega cooler, and I ordered the R2D2 smaller, little four quart cooler, um, and I'm going to take those on my travels and load them up with meat and cheese, and I'm going to be, you know, buying whatever and just putting them in there. Um, but they are such a fun; they're so fun in design. The C3PO is just really hilarious. It's based on the old uh, the droids cartoon. And, uh, but they have a lot of different ones. They have a Ralph McQuarrie one. They have an action figures one. Uh, I'm waiting for the Igloo thermoses to come out. Those thermoses are fantastic. Um, but yeah, the Igloo coolers are really cool. And if you guys are interested, if you need to buy a cooler in the middle of December, um, they are actually doing a bundle sale where if you buy the cooler, you can get the ice packs that go in them for free. Uh, and if you spend, I don't know, I think it's if you spend 50 bucks, they give you a free thermos. Those thermoses are like $30 on their own. So, um, is that on the Igloo website? You got it? Yeah. Yeah. Igloo coolers. Um, Really nice stuff. And they have all types of different collections, not just Star Wars. Uh, But I can't wait to show up to the beach rocking my C3PO. And then my other hand's got my R2D2, you know, and it's just a fun little. Yeah, fun little thing versus just buying the red generic plastic cooler up at uh, Target or Walmart. So that was my uh, fine addition to my collection this week.
1: Um, So I already talked about the child stuff, but I also have some of those many, many pins that I had pre-ordered mm-hmm. had come in. Um, and I got a bunch of pins from uh, Punch It Chewy Press, uh, who's a... They make oh, these I love huge. Them. Yeah, love them. Um, I actually ran into them at Celebration and didn't realize it was them, and we were pin trading. Oh, really? And I, I tried to I tried to trade with them one of their own pins, and they were like, <laughs> "Yeah, we that's we made that." And I was like, "Oh, oh my oh, god, I love, I love you guys!" Like, I love so, it. Um, and then I also got a couple from a company called BB Create. Love them too. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I will. I won't. I bought so many that I won't go into detail, but I'll we'll post them all on the social media. those
2: those two punch it chewy and bb create i think i've ordered the most of my fan pins from those two uh from those two makers a lot of a lot of my pins come from them bb creates hilarious they just do a lot of mashups but punch it chewy um both of them regardless they both have great customer service too because i've emailed them just personally and they always respond and they're always on top
1: of it that's super cool stuff i can't wait to see what you got josh well, I'd already bought some stuff from them, but then when I met them at celebration and they were just super cool, I was like, okay, yeah, you're sold like oh yeah oh, I will yeah. Con- you've made a customer for life here so beautiful <laughs> yeah. nice. I got one uh, other thing, but I'm gonna let Justin talk about it yeah, yeah so yeah.
0: so Josh and I both picked up our well, our heavy infantry Mandalorian black Series came in uh, at least mine came in earlier this week. It is a big, beefy figure in comparison to. <laughs> some of the other black series figures (laughs) he is thick um
2: yeah two c's two ah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it was interesting because when you when you read the back of the summaries they don't normally give a lot of way on the figures but in reading the back it actually mentions that the heavy infantry mandalorian he is encased in the strongest beskar armor right so it, it, and you know watching the show i don't think we realize that oh he's got beskar we just maybe assumed it was just regular armor or something like that but he is fully encased in beskar armor and it is painted so right right uh, maybe that's uh you know for telling of what the mandalorian will do in the future with his armor and hopefully we'll get a, a paint scheme here soon
2: well my question now that you guys both have it in hand did they get the name spelled right on the box did they add a w to it
0: yeah <laughs> Man... <laughs> well good
2: good work casbro thanks for spelling Um, (laughs) that correctly no i i think justin you were on an interesting point there i that that's definitely something that's on my mind as far as watching even last night's episode was ooh, i wonder what this armor is going to look like and how he's going to paint it yeah that thought definitely crossed my mind
0: because you see all those mandalorians in, you know the, the first and second episodes walking around and apparently beskar is hard to find Right. So the question comes, well, are they all in Beskar, or are they all in just armor that's fashioned to look like Mandalorian armor? And clearly, he's if they're only going out one at a time, he's got his armor, and he's achieved full status of what he needs.
1: So. Right. I, I It didn't surprise me that he has Beskar just because this is – I mean, this is – Paz Vizsla right so this is this is a guy that got in the Mandalorian's face about working with the Empire and he was kind of you know he was a little bit holier than thou Old so it made story. me feel like he had been around for a while and he you know he was not necessarily a foundling he might have been like actually like an original Mandalorian yeah that's true too because they do hand their armor down so um, and then I picked up uh, the First
0: Order Elite Stormtrooper uh, he finally appeared at Target um, so I was able to get that
2: is that the one with the cape? Is that the yes. uh, oh? That is a yes. beautiful figure. I have seen that at my targets too. I haven't picked it up, but man, I really think that that is a gorgeous looking figure for I sure.
0: I didn't spend the forty some dollars or whatever on that mystery <laughs> box to get him. I waited for him to come yeah. out by himself.
2: Good call. Did you I get it for fourteen
0: ninety nine? I think so. Yeah, he was on sale, I think.
2: Yeah, all uh, the all the Black Series figures are on Target. sale at Target. So if you guys listen to this, I don't know how long the sales running for, but
0: Target has the Black Series 14.99. And then after Black Friday or on Black Friday, I got a new book. It is Strategy Strikes Back. Um, mm. it's basically how Star Wars explains modern military conflict. Um, it's by Max Brooks. So I'm kind of excited to read that He's one. I've, great. I've actually wanted this for a while. I've, I've heard his other books are great. I haven't read any.
2: They um, are. They really I mean,
0: are. I've been waiting to get this book and I go into Barnes and Noble all the time and they're like, Oh, we don't have it. You have to order it. And I'm like, it popped up on target's black Friday sale for like half off. So nice I ordered that as well. So I will be reading that one here soon. It's not very big, so it's probably a fast read, but I'm, I like uh, I'm a big history buff so for me getting into seeing how modern military conflict and Star Wars kind of relate to each other is is fascinating to
2: well, me. Well so so I'm wondering about that book is it is it not a parody book because Max Brooks has written um several parody books and that's what I'm familiar with so I this I, I take it is a, is a serious book.
0: I I don't know we'll
1: find out and I'll get okay. back to you.
2: Yeah, please. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, isn't that Mel Brooks' son?
2: Uh, yes, I don't know if it I know he's related. Yeah I, yeah. I don't know if he's his son, but yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I want to hear about that because I really he did a zombie survival guide. Uh, that was the first Max Book B- Max Brooks book that I read, the zombie survival guide. And that was something that came out, I don't know, maybe twenty years ago at this point. And it was really good. Was it, it was a really parody good. book or was it
0: full of always- full information? <laughs>
2: It was it was a parody uh, filled with useful information, uh, you know. We're, I'm still waiting for that zombie apocalypse to happen. I actually talked about that on one of my uh, no one is listening episodes recently. Uh, how I would well, survive. He wrote World War
1: Z. yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, he is his son, yeah, and he wrote World War Z too, right? So, oh yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Interesting. That's funny to write a parody book and an actual zombie book too. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, right. That's crazy, Kyle. What about you, man? You pick anything up this week?
3: Sorry, I'm distracted looking up all the other shit you guys were talking about. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, hey, He's R2 shopping D2 right now.
3: two D two <laughs> Wu Tang pin on yeah, the baby. BB cream. Oh yeah, like, I got that. Oh, yeah. I yeah, that. Uh, and I was looking at igloo coolers too, like. I really only need the lunch size one, but I really yeah. like the 14 quart X wings so. right? Uh, but no, I uh, apparently I might buy some more stuff here after we're done recording, but I just pre-ordered the the uh, child black series. that's all I got so far. No, that's one.
2: that's cool. that's cool. All right guys, well, Sounds like a lot of good things to our collection. And um, I'm sure there's going to be many more uh, coming up here in a, in a week or two, whatever, whenever the holiday drops. But uh, with that. Whenever they yeah,
3: have that holiday
2: this year. Yeah, it's coming around sometime. <laughs> I know my big holiday is this upcoming Thursday at the Rise of Skywalker. So that's my big. I cannot wait for that. Uh, so with, But we got something else to talk about today. We got Rise of Skywalker tomorrow. We got a big one here today. You guys ready to move on to Mandalorian? Oh, yes. Hell yeah all right so we're here to review uh chapter was it chapter seven no chapter, chapter six chapter six uh the prisoner uh this is episode seven of the star wars Friends show but it's chapter six of the mandalorian the prisoner and this Guys, this is uh, one of my favorite episodes yet. I don't have any fear of having my fan card revoked this week uh, for my for my opinions on this show uh, because I am fully bought into uh, the prisoner. This episode was great. It for me, you know. I I actually w- I woke up yesterday morning, flipped over on my phone, opened up Twitter real quick. I saw somebody that watched it overnight was like, "Ooh, this was a fun one." And I go, oh, all right, I'm ready. Uh, And so I got on my couch, got my coffee, uh, dunked a little biscotti in in that boy and plopped on The Mandalorian. And this episode, to me, I felt like it was exactly what I imagined The Mandalorian show to be like when The Mandalorian was announced. Now, last week I talked about expectations and maybe my expectations were skewed a little bit. It got back on the rails for me because... This episode felt like I was in Tales of the Bounty Hunters. It felt like I was reading the novels. It felt like what my imagination was as a kid, um, thinking about Dengar and Zuckus and Forlom and all the different bounty hunters. Um, This was a bounty hunter like this is exactly what I wanted from a bounty hunter. This is exactly what I wanted to see Boba Fett do, um, with all the you know the fight scenes that we got, and we got to see all the tricks that the Mandalorian had. We got to see the Mandalorian, in my opinion, be the most brutal badass yet. Uh, this is his best fight scenes. It's the best display of his abilities and his armor and all of his toolkit. Um, it was a fun episode with colorful characters. It was dark. Which is which was what I thought the Mandalorian was going to be originally was a dark uh, show kind of showing the underworld, right um, We kept getting these illusions before the the show dropped that this was going to show the underworld post Empire era and I think now we got to see it with this weird rogue you know dark network. Um, with these, uh, I don't even know if you'd call them bounty hunters, but they were more just so vigilante, mercenaries, or whatever. Um, but this is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a motley crew of characters. I wanted to see different alien species. I wanted to see a action-adventure. I wanted to see environments that I've never seen before. Um, and I wanted it to get tied in smoothly and not feel forced. And... You know the problem I had with last week's episode was that I felt that they had shoehorned a lot of Star Wars Mad Libs and Star Wars things in that episode. This one felt natural to me. Um, I think there was only one line that felt forced, where uh, Bill Burr's character uh, Mayfeld had said, "Oh, this, what is this? It looks like a Canto byte slot machine." Like yeah. that was the only line in the entire show that I was like, oh, "Shut up!" Like, regardless, um,
0: like, I like, razor like. Crest.
2: Well, in real life, I would never say, oh, that looks like a Las Vegas slot machine. You know, I would just be like, oh, that looks like a slot machine. You know, um, it was just kind of unnecessary, but I get it. Whatever. Um, my thing is this. it, I feel renewed and bought back into the Mandalorian. Not like I fell out of it. I just um, this is the show that I've been waiting for. This is the show that I have thought about that that we were actually going to see. I didn't think that we were going to go into a village uh, of like a, you know, a fishing culture or whatever. I didn't think that we were going to have a, a single dad. I didn't think that we were going to have baby, you know, all these things I've talked about previously, but here we are back on track with the star Wars underworld, the, the seedy side of things, the violent side of things. And, and I'm happy I'm at
0: home. Yeah. And that's, I, I commented. I think I texted you guys that um, after the last one, and we all watch the same things. We've watched Filoni over the years. He comes out with an episode like last week where it's kind of ho-hum, right? And and you don't think too much of it. But then he hits you right behind it with an episode that's really, really fun and yeah. epic to watch. And I, I thought this was my favorite by far. I think the first three or so episodes building up were really, really good. But I think from a standpoint of, hey, this is that CD Underbelly, Bounty Hunters um, you know uh, different uh, characters just a big conglomerate of things coming together i i to your point world building which you use quite frequently i thought this was a much better world building episode than last week's where let's Agreed. go back to something we're familiar with and we've Agreed. known right and and build on that and expand the mandalorians universe
2: yeah, and, and last week's episode just felt way too familiar, and I think that was ultimately what my problem was. We had we'd gone back to Tatooine in the OT, we'd gone back to Tatooine, you know, in the in the animated series. We're probably going to go back to Tatooine and Rise of Skywalker. Did we really need it in the Mandalorian? I guess I I understand some people's perspectives. Like, yeah, if you're going to be in the underbelly, you probably want to go to Tatooine. You know, it's the it's far away from everything it's worse a hive of scum of villainy but we saw that it really wasn't that um when we went out there i mean that remains to be seen i still think that we're probably going to circle back to Tatooine to wrap up that cliffhanger at the end of last week's episode which they didn't touch on this week um i think that the the choices that were made this week uh, it just—I don't know—it just flowed better for me. I thought the acting was stronger. I thought that the characters were more believable. Uh, it's, I'm not saying the characters. Uh, let me back that up. I don't want to misspeak. I think the actors portraying the characters felt more believable than last week's episode. I mean, and we talked about this pre-show. You can put Amy Sedaris in anything, and I think just pre—just naturally, I'm just not going to like it. So I think that was just a personal. Uh, opinion of mine last week um, and it just kind of skewed the show uh, and maybe that's fair or unfair um, but that was the casting choice that they made and you know Kyle you, you were talking about Matt Boone uh, and it just didn't work for you this week I, I don't Dude, like I'm not a Matt. Like I don't really know much about that guy. I mean, I know his face and whatever, but I don't really. I can't tell you, like, oh yeah, I saw that dude and that thing, and it ruined it for me, like Amy did in Strangers of Candy. Um, so it worked for me, but then again, I mean, it might not work for for someone like you, Kyle.
3: Yeah, I had a. I did. I'm not as over the moon about this episode as you guys obviously were. You know, I I love this show, uh, okay. but my favorite episodes were. <laughs> the the first three and I really enjoyed the fourth one too. But I think episodes two and three were like my really, really, really favorite. And that's the kind of stuff that I love. And they were really digging into like kind of the Mandalorian lore and what it means right, to be a Mandalorian right. and and really digging deep into the character of the Mandalorian, the title character. Um and that's the stuff that I really, really love. And this I don't I don't think it's fair to say it didn't work, but there's just not really like a lot in this episode that i got really excited about i thought it was pretty clunky in some places i thought there was they kind of opened some they opened up some lines of um like some plot lines that had nowhere to go for no reason i didn't really understand hmm. it but we can we can talk about that a little more I know yeah Josh i would like
2: yeah i'd like to
1: well, don't worry this show's gonna go on forever so we're you know we're, we'll, we have <laughs> yeah. plenty of time for plot lines um they're gonna do like a rick and morty type thing where they they it gets approved for like 70 more episodes <laughs> oh you know
3: God. i hope we'll, so we'll, i'll watch every single one of them
1: <laughs> yeah. same you know i um, said
3: i didn't love this episode i did watch it three times before anybody tries oh, to take wow. my fan okay. card so like i'm still in i just i didn't love
1: it <laughs> as we've said before you're you don't have to like everything <laughs> I think it's right. all just about yeah. presentation. Um, so, the character thing, like I was really worried that Bill Burr was not mm-hmm. going to fit when they right. when they announced him and he was doing like the press stuff. I was I was like, oh man, he's like such right. a strong personality. It's like they're gonna have to find the perfect thing, and I actually think that this was the perfect thing for him. And he was very Bill Burr, which, like Kyle said before the podcast, he he's one of those actors that plays this one thing and he does it well um but i think he did tone it down just enough like he wasn't really when i think bill burr i think like he's yelling into a microphone (laughs) and he didn't really (laughs) yell that much so that was he was still like a a huge smart ass and but he he wasn't so it, it he it didn't pull me out of it i thought it was a good role for him
0: Right. Yeah, and and I think so I couldn't be on last week with you guys, but in talking about Amy Sedaris and I don't want to go back to last week, I want to stay focused on this week, but her character to me it it wasn't that it it just wasn't a solid Star Wars character to me. It was more like a jar jar character
2: mm.
0: versus what I got this week which was more some of those crucial side member characters like a, a um like a Lando or a Finn like you know they're there which Lando becomes more of a main character later on, but I, I think they how they portrayed their characters in this was a little bit more to me Star Wars worldly than what Amy did. But I found it funny that, um, you know, Amy, I watch I used to watch Strangers with Candy back when it was on. Uh, what is it? Comedy Central. And just I, and I know I said it earlier, but she used to give the worst advice to the friends in that show, um, yeah. her high school friends in that show. But here in that. Last episode, she's giving the Mandalorian good advice, like, "Dude, you can't leave a kid <laughs> on this ship by yeah, himself." So yeah. I thought it was kind of different for her. So I, I don't. um To me, it's just the difference in the characters, I think, and how the episode was structured played a, a big difference in how I think we view these characters versus played well or not played well.
2: Yeah, I just think the tone too. I mean, it was a lot more playful last episode versus this episode, and, and for whatever reason, I mean, here. I, I'm definitely willing to admit at the end of the season, when I do my full rewatch that I might end up loving chapter five, I might end up loving it, but really you're right, Justin, let's focus on chapter six here. Um, and I think you're right. The portrayal of the characters is, is a huge thing. The last one felt very prequels, very uh Phantom Menace goofy. Like to me, you're right. The Jar Jar comparison. And the, I, I made the comparison to the announcers um, in the pod race scene anyway, but Bill Burr, Oh, Mayfeld. Uh, yeah, dude, like I was expecting to not like it. I even made mention of it last episode that I was afraid to see Bill Burr in this, in this universe. And I, it worked, it worked perfectly for me right away though. His, his introduction, I was like, Oh no, (laughs) like he's just, he's just Bill Burr. But as the
0: stormtrooper wise ass,
2: that was, that was great. But we, you know, (laughs) we love that line. It was so good. Um, but he was a sarcastic, wise-ass. The yep. comment about the shoes and the belt matching, that was one of my favorite scenes because that is yep. total Bill Burr. I could just see the comedian do that, but it worked in this episode as Mayfeld, the character who, you, you, like, you know, if you're going to have one of these episodes where you introduce a motley crew, you got to have these different eccentric personalities. And I think they uh, established that right away where they intro- introduced the uh, Devronian Berg. And he was like, oh, this is our muscle. Like, you know, clearly you you have to have these different types of tropes to have this this episode work. And they played that off very well. Yeah. Chris, I'm like so glad you said that because
3: I felt like that was one of like the clunkiest parts of the whole episode. Really? Like, it, w- it was such a trope and it was such like, all right, here's our crew. This is this guy, he's the sharpshooter. This <laughs> yeah, is yeah. this girl. She's we'll got knives. Theater. This is the big strong guy who doesn't say much. This and it was like, yeah. oh, so it's like an actual just like if you look up what's the trope for a crew that's gonna pull a heist? Like we exactly. literally yes. just yes. got yes. here's the here's the guy in the van. He's a droid. The droid but he's the yep. guy in the van, you know, like yep. he's gonna be on the comm. Like I just I felt <laughs> like it was so like and they just laid it out like they did in, what was that damn, what's the movie, the DC movie with the, the, the Suicide Squad? No! Exactly, and I thought it was Don't, so clunky. Dude, like, no! Here's the first guy so, and here's what he does. No! Here's the second guy and here's what he does. Here's just, the third guy and here's what he, but that's how they did it. Watch no! the episode. That's exactly <laughs> how they did it. They like, it? <laughs> introduced all four people in a row, in a line, and explained what their role was. They gave you like no credit at all. Anyway, oh you anyway, just compared Mandalorian to Suicide
2: Squad. It was Squad. the same fucking scene. The introduction of the characters was the same fucking scene. Oh, I just got that gut punch.
3: I, and I will say, Mayfeld, he was cool. He w- and Bill Burr pulled that character off. I thought his gun thing over the shoulder, right? right that was, was really cool. I've never, I don't, I haven't really seen anything like that in Star Wars before. Mm-hmm. I also felt like he've he could have been like a shoot 'em up action guy in literally any kind of
2: actually didn't. Anything. Didn't Dash, uh, Dash Rendar? He had like a, a gun pack that went over his shoulder. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. That yeah, was interesting. He said that. I think he he had the original over the shoulder gun thing. I'd have
1: to look into that. Uh, so I actually didn't. Well, I should say I should say I didn't not like the stormtrooper line. Um, it like worked in the show, but at the same time, I was like the the nitpicker in me kind of groaned a little bit because yes. Like in the real world, we acknowledge that stormtroopers suck, but in universe they don't they're suck. That's threat, like they're supposed yeah. to be good. Um, But I mean, it was performed well. That was meta. I really yeah. I I really liked the gungan line though, and yeah. I I love that anytime they reference the prequels because I want new Star Wars content to bring in like prequels era stuff as much as possible because I feel like before it was kind of like. Oh, we're distancing ourselves from the prequels. I feel like we're kind of like, um, you know, renewing that relationship. Um, and I like that. I, I'm like I said last week, I was really bummed that the characters they introduced us to were not aliens. So that mm, there, yeah, the fact yeah. that there were Twilex and a Devronian with speaking roles um, yeah. and big parts of the episode was like huge for me. I, I really like that.
3: Did you guys notice who played the. The Twi'lek Xi'an I did. My, my no, girlfriend Italian. right away.
2: Yeah. yeah, she goes right. She goes right away. She's like, "Oh, that's Tonks. and I was like, "Yeah, what that's Tonks, She's also about?
3: Osha on uh, on a uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay. Natalie I, Tina Tenna. That's her name, or Natalia. I, sorry.
1: I didn't yeah. like the the uh, the hissing. Thank I you. I loved it. Loved the character. Loved the character. Eight
3: times in a half-hour episode. I love it. It
0: was like only the sticking in half the tongue day. out thing. Well, people. I was it. just like
1: it. like a but, damn cat. But, nasty. but why? Like like Hera wow. doesn't do that. Ula didn't do it. No no. Like, this, uh, like and why does she have fangs?
2: Yeah. I because I'll tell you. If you look, okay. So this is a super nerd in me. Go look at a dissection of the Twilek species. They have uh, a lot of different characteristics. Remember Bib Fortuna? His teeth were very spiky. Um, there is, there are definite, uh, definitive articles about the Twilek species and and their physical appearances. Now, some Twileks have perfect humanoid teeth some have pointy teeth um the males have the protruding um you know where the Things eyebrows like forehead, should be the, yeah. Yeah. and it and that was the characteristics we saw between those two twi'leks in this episode were definitely spot on to you know any type of physical description you see in um in star wars canon of twilight species so i was i mean i knew like right away i mean yeah you said vampire teeth. Okay, Trilex What they've said is that they have spiky teeth. Uh, never, you know, outlining that they look like vampires. But it didn't. It didn't affect my. I actually thought it added to the character. I thought it made her more um, more interesting. I thought it made her more dangerous. And I liked that whole hissing. Like it was just nasty. It was just. I felt like a- like a.
3: If she was going to behave that way, why did they make her a Twi'lek? Because we already have so many Twi'leks, and we've never seen – like she was acting very cat-like to me. So why not just make her another alien and have her play it that way? I I really didn't – I don't know. It didn't really work that good for
2: me. Don't forget there are humans who think that they're cats too in real life.
3: That is true, I guess. But and <laughs> I, I, I always thought Bib Fortuna's teeth were all fucked up from doing too much spice. I guess that was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought. Look at, look at Chris over here dropping Twilight knowledge on us. Yeah, That's man. Pretty impressive. He's, he's uh, a well-versed <laughs> nerd. <laughs> 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 uh, well-versed in the Twillik knowledge. Um, I thought no, they were supposed I, to have
3: I, French accents, like like Harry.
0: <laughs> I thought that I, I thought the cast of characters was. Outstanding this episode because they I mean, from Mark Boone to Bill Burr to Natalia, um, and then getting into the not to go too far ahead, but the cameos at the end. Oh, let's where you do it. Have yeah, Faloney pop out with what I'm calling director squadron. Um yes. with-
2: <laughs>
3: I love it, dude. I love well, it. I, I like it. Was, they it all was, have names in the yeah,
0: credits. It was Dave Felloni as Trapper Wolf. It was Perfect. Rick Famo Famo and I'm apologize if I butchered his name as Jib Dodger. And it was, uh, Deb Chow as Sash Ketter. And they come out as director squadron and and just lay waste to that little space station. (laughs) I thought that was fantastic. And he's like, he's like, are those X wings? And then it cuts right over to Rick and he goes, yep, that's a a transponder or whatever it was. (laughs) And I was like, just how they cut it from those X wings. And then he chimes in with, yep. (laughs) Yeah. That was perfect.
1: Perfect. I see I had a love hate relationship with that scene too. Ugh. I I love the cameos. I love seeing the X-wings in action, but yep. it didn't make any sense to me that they well one Why the way they that let they pl- fly right by. Yeah, Good, well, that, yeah, because because they, cause they hey, just yeah. jumped
2: out of hyperspace. They right. jump. They just jumped out, and their reaction time was, you know, they probably, dude, they're trying to get the tracking beacon. So I, it was a curious choice for me too. But I mean, it made sense. And on the second rewatch, I'm like, oh, but you could see it. The they one, also like, weren't even jumped like,
0: out and had to move out of the way to not hit him. Right, yeah, that's right the thing. there. There's and, someone escaping
3: this thing that we're about to blow up so fast that I had to dodge it, but we're not concerned about it. Yeah, but, but
0: they're focused but, on that transponder that's right, in the right. ship straight ahead of him. So he's like, I'm jumping to light speed, and they know there's no way they're right. going to catch in. Let, let so. Josh talk. This was his point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, it's, no, it's So no, that wasn't really the piece that got me. The piece that got me was the – well, one, they they – I know it's, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. We know that they don't have a lot of military, right? Or they're scaling down their military. So it only being three X-wings makes sense. But at the same time, they made it sound like the whole armada was going to come if that beeper went That's off. That's true. That's true. And and so, but then also they just come in and blow it up. They don't hail oh, it. They don't right. say what's going on. And because the
2: thing was started by their guy
3: at well, the other hang place. On. So were they going to blow him up?
2: Ahead, did sure. we ever – to your point, Josh, did we ever revisit the prison ship after they jumped into that 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 space station, right? Like we don't know if the whole armada showed up to investigate the prison ship. Um, we don't know what's there, and they may have just sent those three ships – out to go scout the transponder, right? Like, so that was their armada could be at the prison. I feel better about it now. Here's the thing, guys. I fanboyed out so incredibly hard when I saw Dave Filoni's cute little face pop up in that (laughs) X-Wing. I was, I literally was like, no, what? Like, oh, Filoni. Um, I got so stoked. Uh, Now, I didn't know that it was the other two directors uh, watching it. I was just, oh, it's got to be someone in the, you know, in the industry. So that makes it even more fun. I love when they have fun. Like, the, yeah. like you know that they were like, well, let's – hey, we got let, – let's just go in the costuming. Let's be well, x I can't
1: fun. wait for the spinoff novel for Director Squad. Oh, I know, right? Dude,
2: Trapper Wolf, I can't wait.
1: I <laughs> can't
0: wait well, to cosplay as Dave Filoni. I think that's what, oh, think that's so what he – at some point – and I could be wrong. At some point, I thought him in an interview or something at some point say if he was anybody in the – Star Wars universe, who would he want to be? And I thought he had said at one point, an X-Wing pilot. Mm -hmm. Now I could be way wrong with that, but I thought I had heard that somewhere. So seeing him in the cockpit of the X-Wing full dress was fantastic.
2: And what's funny is when they cut in, you know, it's only a couple seconds. But if you rewatch it, just look at the look how the childish joy that Dave Filoni has in those few seconds. He's got this like little smirk on his face. He like knows, I'm about to like, light
0: someone up in an X, put, put me in
2: it's an X awesome. swing and and try to wipe the <laughs> smile so off my funny. face. Please. Oh, it's my favorite. I think that might have been my favorite, like, you know, fanboy moment of the show. But uh, well, you know, you know,
3: basically everybody in this episode was someone we know from things you know that's even, true that's true even Berg was uh Clancy Brown who is the voice of Savajo Press and oh yeah yeah writer in um Rebels in Matt Universe. Lanter yeah Matt, Matt, Lander. Lander. Matt Lanter yeah, was
2: yeah.
0: Davin Davin da- what did yeah, he da- he said da- his name think, real quick yeah. but the Repu- the uh, new republic officer yeah that's the it, it, voice of Anakin Skywalker yeah. and the Clone voice for the uninitiated you could hear it now. a little oh, yeah. bit
2: yeah a little bit a little bit right at the beginning of it yeah he uh he did a good job i don't know if matt lanter's actually had um film acting roles before i think he's just a voice actor but uh, i
3: I googled him to when i was writing this down and he was in um the 90210 remake so like not the 90210 that we as elder millennials are familiar with for sure they redid it in the 2000s i guess and he was a character on that and
1: i think maybe one other live action thing maybe yeah, that makes sense. One of us is a Gen Xer, I think. I think Ugh. one of us is a Gen Xer. Stop calling out the Night <laughs> of forget the labels, Republic. man. <laughs> forget forget those the labels. Gen <laughs> <laughs> no, Xers are now. cool as long as you're we're, not a boomer. We're good, right? Hey, I mean, hey, you know, we're like, all Star Wars cool. fans
2: here. We're all Star Wars fans here. So, um, the, you know, yeah, you're right. There are a lot of good cameos. A lot of uh, not even cameos. There's <laughs> a lot of like you know episode centric figures that we know, and that's a good point. Um. You know, I thought at one – my favorite – bandit or mercenary, if you will, uh, out of this whole squad was actually the droid zero. He had a, he had a, like a, almost a four esque look to him. And that four is a character I've always wanted to see in live action. Um, for whatever reason, I just always found a droid bounty hunter. Fascinating. We got to see IG 11 in the first episode, which was like a dream come true. Yep. And now we get to see this insectoid esque droid, um, you know, in a pretty prominent role, and I thought at one point the voice was Taika Watiti again. There was a couple things in there that I was like, "Oh, that's Taika Watiti. but in fact, it was a different actor, and I forget the actor's name, but he is a, a he's a known actor, uh, comedian, and I'd have to he's look it from back. The up. It crowd. That's what it is. Yes, he's I don't he's the his name right now. He, yeah. He is from the IT crowd because uh, someone had posted his photo, and uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, that guy's on that 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 one show that I never watch," um, but. I thought that zero, he almost had an AP five uh, from Rebels vibe to him. Um, it was definitely, you know, I, I enjoyed that character a lot. And I, I'm a droid fan. You can put a, any Star Wars droid in a show, and I'm just going to enjoy it. I love seeing the gonk droids in all these episodes. It's just always <laughs> a fun thing. I thought it was. funny. Did you funny see
3: that, Oscar Isaac um, explain what a gonk droid is in one of the interviews? I did you not. Got up and like, gonk, no. Gonk, gonk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I <laughs> thought it was funny that he was one zero, and we all know that there's triple zero. Triple zero, there, he's zero. Like minimal bad versus really really bad. Right. Where right. is double zero?
3: Right, right, he's out there somewhere. I thought he reminded me visually a little bit of the um, the droid from Rebels that they they kind of like commandeered. He was uh, I can't remember what they called him. The he, like, inventoried...
2: Yeah, AP-5. Life.
3: Yeah, yeah, AP-5. Yeah, AP5. So, there we go. He had yeah. a, a visual kind of similarity to, similarity to him, I think.
2: So AP-5 is actually, outside of Chopper, is my favorite droid... Um you know i mean really definitely in the animated series he is i
3: always thought he sounded like alan rickman kind of
2: he's just always annoyed he's kind of sassy uh ap5 is like my i don't know there's something about him that i absolutely love and uh i will before celebration 2020 have an ap5 tattoo uh and i cannot wait to show my friend matt martin from the lucasfilm story group my ap5 tattoo um i'm not going to give away any more details because it's hilarious it's already drawn and i just got to get it on my body um beyond on that, the um, the cast, the the crew, the the mercenaries. Zero was my favorite. Did you guys have a favorite?
0: Ooh, favorite. That's not what I was going to say. I I, <laughs> I honestly enjoyed uh, the droids, the security droids. In oh, okay, yeah.
2: I
3: right. thought
0: they were like I know they're big, they're clunky, they're easy, apparently easy to take down. But um, I actually enjoyed it. It was uh, they kind of reminded me of what you would see in um, I think it was the Knights of the Old Republic game. Um, yes. the droids that were walking yes. around with the two very skinny two legs, almost, you know, battle droidish, um, in nature, but a little bit different upper body. But right. they did have—you could clearly see the orange uh, rebellion logo Beautiful. on them. Yeah, uh, and then on Matt Lanter's officer uniform, he had the same orange. Uh, rebel logo but it had the stars around it it had the right, right. stars around it so
1: there's had um, the stars too you just can't see it very well I okay, okay. I, I looked at some like screen caps yeah yeah
0: Sorry. i thought that was really cool though but i i enjoyed like you know there's the normal like sentry droids that walk around and then there's the bigger uh, yeah Suppository looking droids that float around. <laughs> it actually, on, yes, the, yes, with the cannons on the front. Droids, yes. yes
2: exactly. <laughs> so those, um, you know, the the droids, the they reminded me of the super tactical droids from the separatists. Uh, if you look at the design of super tactical droids, it's very similar. And I was surprised. I mean, it's it's a great throwback. It's a great nod because you're right. There is also a throwback to the the old republic, um, and it's fascinating to see that the new republic is actually using droids and not real lives like that's fascinating because they just went through this whole war and a bunch of people lost their lives and now they're like oh we're just going to use droids now to handle this business right but the i'm glad you said that because that was something i
3: found odd and that i that does make sense to me when you said it that way (laughs) because when i first saw it i thought why why is this um new republic ship full of droids they've never we've never seen that before yeah um but you know that's a good point they're it trying ties, to demilitarize their... They yeah, low yeah. On, well, that,
1: well, We're going to talk you into, into loving this episode by the end. <laughs> <Stop> it <laughs>
0: <laughs> it kind of ties into Rise of the Resistance a little a bit in the book, because in the book, they're strapped for basically everything. People, vehicles, everything. They don't for have sure, anything.
2: For sure, um, yeah. It
0: so it, droids seems like the cheapest, easiest way to do it. You can mass produce them. Program them, stick them on a ship, and that's their just one function. You have got the one lone uh, organic pilot flying the thing, and that's it. Yeah, I
2: thought the I thought the design choice of those uh, those floating um, oval based you know droids was very interesting Trying because hard, it was a a <laughs> <pository> <laughs> <droids>. <laughs> they reminded me. Now I'm not a Doctor Who fan, but a lot of people that are close to me are massive Doctor Who fans. They reminded me of the Daleks. So um, exterminate. <laughs>
1: yeah, it definitely reminded me that I'm not a Hoovian either.
2: But it was, um, you know, it also reminded me of the, um, you know, the the droid in in the prequels. There were just like these, but we didn't get to see them in action, so I don't even know how like, you know, how effective they were because Berg just I, 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 he body slammed the
0: one just could and, actually
2: do in in yeah.
0: battle. Yeah, and I I would say this. I'm not sure how safe it is though to have a heavily armed cannon droid on the inside of the ship though. <laughs> Like <laughs> if it blows a hole in the side of the ship, that's kind of bad.
1: Magnetized. It was, it was magnetized. It was magnetized. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was. So, let's talk a little bit. We've talked a lot about the characters and a lot about um, you know some of these these extra characters, the droids and whatnot, the ships. What about the theme of the episode? Did you guys find it
1: fun that it felt like a horror film dropped yes. on Friday the 13th? Yeah. Oh, my God. That hallway scene where he was like, Cut you can him blurry behind yes. him. Yes. so awesome. Yes. Oh, so sweet.
2: He's I, like that was Batman
1: in this episode. He's like. <laughs> I, he got was, a little Batman vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh no! The, it, it was the
2: lighting. You know, once the Mandalorian escaped out of his cell, the lighting was very horror film. And maybe that was the maybe that's what they were going with the fangs on uh, on on uh, Zan. You know, with the with the vampire oh, fangs yeah, and the just hissing justified. and things. You Okay. You know, but, but <laughs> it was, it was it, it was Friday the 13th and I am so happy that it did have that th- that horror theme and I wonder if the director I don't know much about him and I probably should I wonder if his catalog has you know horror films in it um, that would be fascinating to know but I definitely right away I knew it was Friday the 13th because a lot of people at work mm-hmm. were like oh you know Friday's the 13th and you know when you're at work that's a day you don't really want to be at work because it usually gets nutty um, but I knew right away that it was a fun little nod, whether intentional or not, I I hope to think it it was intentional. A lot of those hallway scenes, once he escaped out of the cell, was were very horror centric. The red lighting, the strobe lighting, the chases, the the, you know, even the zero when he was trying to hunt Baby Yoda felt very horror film. Like when uh you know someone's hiding from a killer, or Jamie Lee Curtis is in the closet during Halloween, and Michael Myers is bashing through you know the closet doors. I, I felt like it was definitely halfway through this 43 minute episode, it switched to a horror film and I couldn't have been happier.
0: It was, it was nice to see because the last couple episodes Mando has been hunted. It was nice to see the hunter yes! the hunter again and not point. And stop being hunted. And really in the first part of this episode, he's just going along for the ride and then, yeah, they betray him. And all of a sudden he goes, Oh, okay. He goes, okay, I'm going to become the hunter again. Right. And switches that, you know, flips the switch and, tracks them all down, but I thought it was very interesting because all the fight scenes were choreographed very different, right? Right. When he goes against, um, the Deveronian, it's very strength on strength and it's just a brute, brutal fist fight, right? Right. then when he comes up against Zian, it's a very quick movement, defensive strategy, get her in close because she's flinging knives at him and he's just deflecting him, deflecting him. He gets hit under the arm, but it's a different style of fight sequence. Uh, and then finally, with Mayfield or Mayfeld, it's more of leader against leader. Um, and he's outsmarting him. Hey, I'm going to kill the lights. Right. You know, this little mouse droid going to come out and distract him. And I'm going <laughs> to sneak up behind droids. him and move around him. And and it was all three of them were just very different fight scenes, I thought, in my opinion. But I was so happy to see a Mandalorian become the hunter again and stop being hunted.
3: Right. I, I liked those fight scenes too. I think that was like sort of the climax of the episode, I guess. But there's some of it definitely worked better than others for me personally. Like, I really liked the, um, in the, where he's fighting, what's his name? The big guy, uh, Berg. Berg. When he's fighting Berg, um, you know, he took him out just like Luke took out the Rancor in Jedi, you know, right. he, mm-hmm. he He's too big, he's too strong, so he backs him into the thing and he, he closes the blast door on his head, and then you know we kind of they subvert expectations a little bit, I guess. When he lifts it back up and he hits him a second time with the front one, that but, was
2: that was good.
3: Um, <laughs> I I did like that part. Chopped I don't. Chopped his I,
2: horns off. Do you see it? Chopped his horns yes. off. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. if you remember, Vizago
3: in Rebels yeah. is missing a horn. That's right. right? So yeah. There's precedent there, um, <laughs> but I don't know why. I, I was surprised to see that the Whistling Birds, which they made right. a big they made a big deal of, use them sparingly, they're very rare, they're made of Beskar, they didn't do a fucking thing. They just Agreed. flew around the room and nothing Agreed. happened. And then, you know, one other thing happened in that fight with Berg that, like, obviously he is a pitchfork and a tail away from being a devil. I mean, he's red, sure. he has horns, he's the bad guy, like, but then also fire doesn't burn him. Like, it was just so on the nose to me. That's... D- Deveronians are impervious I, to flame. I don't.
1: Yeah, I don't know the source, but I I, I do remember reading somewhere that Devronian skin is tougher than Stormtrooper armor. Oh, dang, so okay, I, yeah. I'll figure out what the source is for that. But I've yeah. I've definitely read that before. Cite it.
3: Cite it. This is not Wikipedia. We need <laughs> legit Wikipedia. sources
2: here.
1: Wikipedia Excitation needed. You know,
2: talking about the fight scenes and Justin, you broke that down beautifully as far as the different uh, themes to them. Because I didn't, I didn't. I didn't consciously think of that while watching it, but after you, you and you know, you put your analysis to it, it makes total sense. What I appreciated out it was we finally got to see a Mandalorian use their entire skill set effectively. It um, really showed how
3: competent he was in like a lot of areas. Right. Uh, and they called fantastic. him a good pilot earlier in the episode too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you go back to Django Fett against, uh, you know, Obi-Wan, that was a great, uh, that was a great battle, but ultimately, you know, it wasn't, it showed what it showed this the basic skill set i don't know i mean he did was fighting friggin obi-wan kenobi so jango fett i don't think gets enough props even from me i don't give jango enough props and um you know maybe someday this is a i'll come back yeah just maybe someday i'll get into him i just haven't been but this uh this episode is what i wanted to see from the mandalorian in his his battle, uh, you know, as as far as he fights, his fighting style, and pulling out all those tricks that you always dreamed of when you 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 saw Boba Fett's all his toolkit and everything. But you're starting yeah. to see it come out. The whistling birds, Kyle. That was something that I I thought about too. I go, dang, that should have worked. And then I was like, or at well, least
3: done something. It was completely nothing.
2: Maybe it was because hit no, no, or they maybe, just flew around. and They hit hit flew the around. Room. So well, my thing, my thing is this: do. is it do those work when a an opponent has some type of weapon in their hand, some type of metal or metallic weapon in their hand, and it's attracted to that because it was just an organic fighting, you know, hand-to-hand combat, and that's why it didn't work? I don't know. It's probably something that's going to come out at some point in time.
3: I don't have a good answer for the whistling <laughs> birds. I'm perplexed by it, obviously. I I asked too. but does anybody – I know uh, Justin mentioned – the, when he was fighting the Twi'lek, when, um, Xi'an, Xi'an, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, now. I can't say. Um, when they were when they were fighting, she was pressing some button, and those knives were lighting up right before she was throwing them as he yeah. was approaching her in the hallway. Does anybody have a thought on what that was or what those were doing when she was activating them? <sighs> Homing, the maybe.
2: Mm, maybe that's what I thought. Maybe. Like some kind of right into the center of his armor, mostly. I on. thought <laughs> I thought more along the lines of like vibro blade, like some type of electrified uh, throwing star something like that. Um, that's a that's a definite weapon that we haven't seen in the Star Wars universe yet. So that was a fascinating thing. Um, yeah. I did like I did like the fact that we had a knife thrower in Star Wars in the Star Wars universe. Now, that's, you know, I, it it's it's different. It's different. Not everyone can have a blaster, um, and it was just a different fighting style. And Justin kind of alluded to that. I, I appreciated that. Um, you know, it's not as jarring as you know, uh, in the Walking Dead universe, someone using a crossbow every day of their life. Like, uh, that's kind of wacky to me. Not a, you know, so whatever. It's it was fun. It was fun, and this episode was fun all all the way through. Uh, but there were a couple serious um, serious parts to this episode, you know, they were, the one comment that stood out to me, and I don't know if it stood out to you guys, was they were kind of ribbing the Mandalorian while they were, you know, the the mercenaries, they were on route to the New Republic ship, and they're teasing him about his helmet, taking his helmet off, and you're getting like this, they're kind of just bullies, you know, they're just real a-holes, and... One thing that Bill Burr's character said, Mayfeld, uh, he made a comment about, you know, if the Mandalorians are supposed to be such great warriors, why are they all dead? Um, I, d- I
3: did like that line. Yeah, that, that was, cut him to the core, man.
2: That wow, hurt. that was yeah. brutal, brutal line, man. So it it definitely added some seriousness to the to the episode. Um, we still got a continuation of his theme where he hates droids, um, but you know, we also got a continuation of the threat. That is posed to protecting the child, baby Yoda. Um, I don't know about you guys, but i I am emotionally connected to the child, and I don't want anything to happen to that sweet baby. And know. when uh, when I thought that, you know there was a threat to him from the mercenaries, when they discovered him, um, I got really upset. And then when I got I got a threat of um, zero hunting, baby Yoda. I, I definitely was was nervous, so that was an emotional connection to me that made it even more horror film esque.
3: So I um I have a question about Zero um, and hunting the the baby Yoda, but. So he is watching that thing from Grief Karga. The whole, you know, they show that multiple times throughout the episode. And then he tries to get a hold of um, Mayfield or Mayfeld, and he's like, "I've got to tell you something about the Mando." And blah 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 blah. And then he never gets to tell him. And then was that were they pulling that thread just for him to find Baby Yoda? Was that the whole point of that? Because he obviously never got to tell anybody whatever he found.
2: Possibly. Uh, you know, I, I, don't know where they were going with that. I think that there was probably more of the message that we, that was happening off screen. Uh, and let's not forget that zero could just tap into those records and he doesn't necessarily have to have the, the, the hologram image. He can probably just access that data through the computer. Um, you know, I, I just, that's, well, that's just one thread that they were kind of pulling a little bit that I didn't really feel like paid
3: off in the end. I wasn't a hundred percent sure, like. Why did they keep building that up all that time for nothing to ultimately really come of it?
2: Maybe to make you think, to to have your brain... Think like oh, if these mercenaries actually steal the Razor Crest and they have Baby Yoda on board, they're gonna take Baby. Because my brain went yeah, to like. They, I mean, oh they God. could have been
3: creating stakes. I, I, I mean, I get that.
2: Yeah, with the Mandalorian captured in the cell, who knows how that episode could have ended? They could have ended where yeah. the mercenaries got the Razor Crest and then took off, right? And then they have Baby Yoda, and then the Mandalorian has to hunt them at that point. That's where my brain went with that. Okay. I I thought that 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 was the angle it was gonna end on. Uh, but, but that's just my thought.
3: And to okay. your. Uh, Sorry, I got one last thing to your to your other point about that that line where he said, um, "They're the they're the greatest warriors in the galaxy." Then why are they all dead? I think you know obviously that we're, they're trying to f- mess with him in mm-hmm. that moment. They're mm-hmm. trying to get under his skin, and, but that has to be something that all of the Mandalorians are like carrying with them. That has to be like a huge black yeah. mark but because you, they for generations centuries wh- however you want to say it they have stood on this um warrior culture thing and being the most competent warriors in the galaxy and they did get taken out there was the purge and their numbers are down and obviously they could not defend themselves and that has to be you know a big shot to their ego to their uh i i, I don't know self-esteem to their no, pride sure. to all that you know
0: Sure. Yeah, and I think I think he's I think Zeros, you know, he must have re you know decoded the rest of that message and understood what was going on, and I, I think that's in the beginning they wanted it dead or alive, preferably alive for Doctor Pershing, but it was clear that the Empire was just like no, just finish the bounty however way you see fit. So I right, think in right. his his mind as as a process as a robot he's like ooh there's a bounty it says dead or alive there's nobody here I can go kill this thing because the Mando is clearly yeah, running around yeah. free now taking everybody out like I, I don't know I think it was a way to loop Zero in to give uh, cause for Mando to execute Zero with the true, rest of that crew because otherwise he's just sitting in the comp- cockpit going. Okay, I'm just waiting here, and then when the Mando yeah, shows yeah. back up and everybody's dead, is he gonna go with Mando or is he just waiting to die, basically? So I, I don't I think it was just a way to loop him back in for Mando to execute him and give I you just a little felt bit like of sense if to he was trying to the message,
3: every, I just felt like if he was trying to message everybody about it and then everybody he was messaging either got locked up or died, like what? I don't know. I feel like maybe he should have just watched it it's, and then
0: been like, "Oh, go! I better go find this baby." Yeah. I don't know. It just Bill Bill says, "Do what you have to do." That right? To him. He said, "Do." He goes, "I have new I information like on even Mando." And Bill says, "Do what you have to do. We're gonna go get Mando or whatever." Right. So.
2: I, I will tell you, regardless of what the setup was on that, it led to my favorite moment in the show, which was yeah. where Zero confronted Baby Yoda in his little uh, bedroom, and Baby Yoda was like, "Oh no, dude!" and he raises his little hand to try to do his little Force deal, and then uh, Zero's head explodes. And <laughs> Baby Yoda just casually looks at his <laughs> hand. I love
1: it. I loved it. <laughs> oh. Like-
2: Wow, it was dang. That yeah. was, <laughs> I, outside of Filoni, that was my favorite moment in the whole show. Uh, you just, when you think they can't make Baby Yoda any better, uh, they do. And that was just the coolest part.
0: Uh, it's just a funny little moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So my thing with that is that um, we've seen the Mandalorian since encountering, you know, the Yodaling or Baby Yoda, right? Do try different things. He's tried to hide out. That did not work. Right? Somebody found him. He became the hunter., ah, yeah, took on a side job while he was there, but he was trying to hide. Um since then, we've seen him take on two jobs now, one on Tatooine and one on uh, at the space station, right? right? And that didn't really work out either, because he keeps putting the baby Yoda in danger. So he's tried two different things over the course of the shows. The one thing he has not done yet is try to seek out somebody with knowledge. That maybe knows what this is mm, he doesn't know what it is yeah. the bounty hunters clearly didn't know what it was they thought it was a pet so right I'm right part of I, I, one of my big predictions is either i would say probably by early in the next season he's gonna try to track down somebody that knows what this thing is oh to kind God. of gain some perspective on it and see what he needs to do with it? Yes, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Oh yeah, Yoda. everything has You've to. Everything Yoda. in the show about the Mandalorian <laughs> has to lead to Boba Fett.
2: I'm now. sorry, dude. I that was my moment to, to draw. I was not planning on a Boba Fett uh, thing at all for this episode. I, I mean,
3: did, does it. anybody else uh, does that, like Justin? I, I do think, think, but yeah, up until the Boba Fett part. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, Justin. Sorry, I didn't mean to discredit that with the Boba Fett thing. your angle was spot on, dude. I think I think your analysis once again is is definitely where this is going to end up going. I don't think we're going to see it this season. We only got two episodes left, but you're right. I think it will go – he's going to have to figure out what the hell is going on. Um, I made a prediction last week that it would take them to the Camino cloning facility, uh, which did include a Boba Fett reference. But um, it was – I think that that is where we're going to learn what this – what is going on with this. I think they're going to end up in Camino in season two, and we're going to finally figure out what's going on with the child, uh, a.k.a. Baby Yoda. You know what? I keep saying the child because I felt like I was – talked down to on twitter over the last like two weeks by people that are like act well actually it's yeah. the
1: child thanks it's it's not I baby yoda meant, i think you meant well actually well, i was pushing on my glasses push audio push my media glasses <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah. pushes uh, my glasses up <laughs> i'm like jay floney <laughs> said it was okay yeah, you know yeah. you know what and i agree
2: it's fine you want to yeah. call that thing baby yoda call it baby yoda
1: it's yeah
2: why not dude what does it hurt it doesn't hurt me like i've still bought the child black series figure i don't right? think what that i don't think that means that you believe
3: that it is actually a child of <laughs> no.
2: yoda right. either well, but, there was at right. one point that i thought yoda and, and Yodel
0: were hooking up and you know you it never may know then it, it, been it fits
2: in the timeline bro it's like look at the may timeline have been.
0: who knows yeah, is or? it a species name that's what it's going to be like we don't have a species name or an alien name so right
2: what right yodel yodel That's what I'm saying. No, I mean, you know, they got to come up with a name with it soon, too. The Mando's probably going to come up with a name for it. Uh, Has to. I don't know. But I do – I love the interplay between the two because it is – there's all these memes going around where, like, baby Yoda does something goofy. And then, like, the the subtitles, the Mandalorian just sighs. (sighs) You know, it's just like – that's the funniest – those are the funniest memes to me. Uh, But, man, what a – what a viral thing that they did! I'm still, I'm still fascinated with what they built here in this in this series.
1: I love the one where he's holding him on his lap, and it says, "By the Mandalorian," it says, "Dad," and then on Yoda, baby Yoda, it says, "The dog he said he didn't want." Yes, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> I like the ones where he's, uh, it's like childish language almost, and he's like me watching my husband or wife cook a four course meal while I'm holding my spatchy spatch waiting to stir (laughs) something (laughs) (laughs) admire admiring the Scooby-Doo band-aid my mom put on my arm for my ouchy ouch
2: (laughs) (laughs) there's all these like chicky tenders and all these things like me waiting for the waiter to explain the specials only to order chicky tenders it's all good dude it's they're so funny man but uh, to kind of circle back on some other last minute points on this episode, from my end, um, I definitely am disturbed with the lack of security that the Mandalorian has on the Razor Crest. Oh uh, my God! What is going on here, dude? Like, because in the in the novels, the Boba Fett novels, the Bounty Hunter novels, Slave One was a massively well equipped ship that had all types of um you know theft prevention security everybody's getting into his armory
3: every time somebody's on that thing they're checking out his weapons
2: on dude like get a better passcode like get the what is a the key lock or whatever that system is that you can just what is happening bro like get
1: a low jack it's eight zero zero eight five that's (laughs) (laughs) 1138
2: 1138 uh no why you know with the jawas that even got to scavenge his ship on uh that one planet it's like dude don't you have like a sentry cannon or something that can we we know sentry cannons exist in the universe if you're this like prolific bounty hunter why dude why are you you i don't know it's like it's the weakest security i've ever seen and the fact that like yeah, you're right. Berg just like randomly taps some numbers and then all of a sudden his armory opens up. You're like, dude, what is going on with this? Don't
1: you? Horatio want-? Sands was in his armory. That's true. Yeah, no yes. In the first like five minutes of the first episode.
3: <laughs> it, you it, it's one button. You just push a button. It opens right up. You can take anything you want. Like a yeah, library. Like,
2: at least have like a paint bomb
1: or something go off.
2: Like when you open you know, like, you know, you steal from a Brink truck, em. you open up yeah. the cache. Yeah. It's like, what, dude? So that's the one thing that I I'm still kind of curious on is when is he going to upgrade the Razorcrest security? You think that, uh, Khalil, uh, Nick Nolte's character, the little Ugnat, would have hooked him up with a, you know, secure ADT security or something like that. It's like, come on, man, like do something crazy. Um, and then the last, the last couple things I have here, I like that, I did you know, I made a comment on Twitter the other day how I um, I'm not a big fan of Grease from Jedi Fallen Order and that he cause he reminds me of Rio Durant from Solo and you know, who I was also I, I, I was like to, to say. Yeah, I like the species. Uh, the Ardinians. But it was definitely a John Favreau uh, nod because yeah. John Favreau voiced Rio Durant in Solo, which I just didn't like the voice connection to the character, much like the yuckety-yuck oh, oh, Canto bite guy, <laughs> foghorn leghorn dude over in uh, The Last Jedi. I just don't think that the voices matched up. But the Ardenian in the prison uh, on this episode was definitely a fun little nod. Uh, I I, I – whether John Favreau was like, yeah, dude, put an Ardenian in there to give some credibility or not, it was still a fun little uh, nod.
3: I liked that too. I liked the whole walking through the prison thing and seeing all the, you know, that's also kind of a yeah. trope. You've definitely seen that movie before. Sure. But, uh, you know, it, it's cool. We know of all these people in Universe and it's nice to see them on screen. But uh, about the Razor Crest, I felt like there was not tons and tons of like, Rich character development in this episode, but I think they did kind of develop the the Razor Crest as a character the way they do with mm. the Falcon um, mm. a little bit. You know, they said it's off of the old Imperial and the new Republic grid. I'm not like a right. thousand percent sure what that means, but apparently it's not really registered or, or known about by anybody, um, which is something we didn't know. They said it's uh, impressive that this gunship survived the Empire. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. apparently. Whatever that version is, impounded. they would ex- expect it to have been yeah. already disposed of by now. Um, and they called it the Crest uh, a few times, which, you know, very sexy, obviously.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, so, I, I, you know, I think it's cool. If that's going to be his ship, you know, and it's a part of,
0: you know, they should. It should have a little bit of character to it. So yeah, I like it, that. Yeah. yeah. And Zero knew how to fly that thing better than he did. Oh, he my God. Out. That scene
1: where he hadn't Whoa. warned them
0: yeah, yeah and that was fun and, and go now and go now and go now and he's just whipping it around they're like what is going on did anybody catch the third prisoner as they were walking by the cells was that an imperial officer he I yeah so. I, I yeah, he had, yeah the, I, he had a badge code right here and his uniform yeah. looked like it was olive green maybe i thought yeah. it was an imperial officer and he You know, him kind of peering out around the corner and he's like, he was creepy looking. Yeah, I was like, like, that's it just seemed weird. So what was that fourth prisoner?
2: He was like a baby Huey type alien. You know what I'm talking about? He had like he was a weird looking alien. I've never I don't know if I've ever seen that guy. really large Ugnat. Kind of. It was weird. Go back and look at it again. It almost looked like Sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> um, I mean, for real, take a look at that one again. But I, I did think that that was a fun uh, a fun moment. What else did you guys uh, pick off from this episode? Anything you want to touch on?
3: Yeah, there was a few lines of dialogue that I found were just like kind of curious. I don't know. It's like they were setting something up and nothing really came of it. Or I'm not really sure what it means. And, you know, of course, we're in the middle of the... I guess back third of a brand new series, so you never know what can come up again. But, um, I'm, I'll just rattle them off real quick and then you guys can say if you have thoughts on anything. But, um, right before, well, he hacked the airlock when they connected. I've never seen one of those before. Oh, he yeah, that thing yeah, that was cool. Kind of hacked it open. Uh, it reminded me of like from Terminator where he hacks the ATM. It's like a very similar. Oh, kind of yeah, thing, but, yeah. Um, and then when they they kind of look at each other and bill burr's character um mayfeld is like is it me and then he goes it's always you and then he just jumps down like what a like i i thought he said it's always you
1: yeah he did always you
3: You always so like i don't if it's always him why did they have that exchange what does that even mean like i don't know it just seems like yeah it was kind of weird weird to me um And then when they were walking through the hallways, the Mandalorian said something and then she said to him, you're always paranoid. And then Mayfeld says, is that true? Are you always paranoid? So I, is that true? Does he have a reason to be may, uh, you know, is that, I I don't know. What does that mean? Why did they say that? It seems to me like, why would you have that line if it doesn't mean anything at all? Um, There, he also, after he kills all those droids, which I didn't really understand. Like I know he hates droids and it is, it was visually cool. And, but then I thought about it and I'm like, he was running up behind him. Why did he slide on the ground and try to take them all out with a pocket knife instead of just shooting them in the back of the head? He ended up getting blasted like five times. I, I I don't know. It didn't, didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like my first reaction on, was like, that looks cool. But then I was like, well, that was stupid. You just got shot a bunch of times.
0: Later on, Bill Burr shoots those three walking in the hall in the back and dispatches them really yeah. easy. Yeah, domes them. They're yeah. done. No, I got boom, you. boom, boom, did gone. gone. I, didn't, I didn't get that he, here, a lot. He had and to then, prove
1: himself. He had to prove Yeah, sure. Prove but you see, he
3: couldn't walk up behind them and blast them all in one second without taking a, a shot. I think it's that would have proved It's the heat himself.
2: of the battle, bro. You ever played okay, Jedi cool, Fallen cool. Order? Cool, cool.
3: I'll give you that. He hates the droids. He wanted to get in close. Okay. I'm willing to take five blaster shots just to do it. Okay.
1: I will say this is the first time in Star Wars I feel like we've ever seen someone wearing armor get shot and not die. Oh, that's true. All the the stormtroopers are like one shot kills. Doesn't matter where they get shot. You know, but he's, you know, he's, this is, he's taking sniper bolts from, uh, Fennec and he, yeah, I mean, in this episode, all those blaster bolts from the droids. I want to
3: say there's the an episode of Rebels where Rex takes a shot to the armor and says something about uh, phase one armor holds up, something like that. Yes, but, he does make ah, okay. a comment okay. on that. Yes, uh-huh.
2: absolutely.
3: Well, yeah.
1: actually, Josh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> well, this is live you're, action we're talking you're, about you're. here. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're, you know, you're, you're spot on. I, but with the fight scene, uh, you know, let us have some fun, man. I'm not, us- I,
3: you know what? I'm not trying to Party be that Cooper. guy. I, it just struck me as a little weird. And then at, right after it, there's obviously all these dismangled droids everywhere, and uh, Mayfeld looks at me. He's like. Make sure you clean up your mess. Like, what? what why, why is he saying
2: that? Like, what? I don't. Lock- <laughs> like, oh, 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 you killed the droids. Like, I don't know. I just don't way The way that Bill Burr played that uh, that scene, you can tell, like, as the Mandalorian is starting to, you know, whip through all these new Republic droids, he, he was kind of like. I am, oh, I like
3: can't. This dude yeah, at the same time impressed. I get that. But.
2: Yeah, yeah, but it's just yeah, it is one of those dumb, you know, thug comments that you have in like every 80s movie. So last two things, I swear I'm done. I swear. <laughs> no, but, it's good. Uh,
3: um he calls her a crazy twee and I I yeah. we talked about that a little bit earlier about, you know, at at ADAT Imperial Walker whatever. And I kind of like that it's a huge galaxy and of course there is different slang and different pronunciation and different dialects and all, all these kinds of things. So, like crazy twee, I thought that was a fun little like I don't know slang term that they were using. It was fun. Okay. Yeah. And the the last thing I want to know how you guys feel about the uh Mexican standoff with Matt Lanter that to me oh <laughs> like yeah an episode of yes. he was like put it down no you put it down well, I'm gonna guns now, you drawn. Put it down. well I've got my one coming over the shoulder now but <laughs> you and like uh it was like a little much to me.
2: <laughs> it was. It was uh but it was it was it was definitely a trope it was definitely something we've mm-hmm. seen before but it was something that needed to happen in that moment and i think it was definitely a fun scene and um to have uh zian uh finish that off and then obviously hit the button for the fob it just all had to work
0: like that you used to I mean, get those you used to get those in clone wars all the time though with the clones with rex and them oh yeah you're right you used to get those all the time in clone wars they happened all the time.
1: There's a um, there's a Ryloth episode, a focused episode of Clone Wars where you literally have them. They say obviously they say Twi'lek in that episode a ton, and you hear it both ways. Um, Twi'lek, 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 and Twi'lek. And you you, I think you literally hear Hera's dad say Twi'lek, but then you hear the senate, the big fat senator guy whose name I can't think of say Twi'lek. Um, so it's like. You you literally yeah. even hear them say both, and I think I literally think it's one of those things. Just how like Americans say words one way, and then British people say them a different way, but it's the same word. Like I, even I think northers, just northerners,
3: northerners and southerners right. will say words a different way. You know?
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> people three hours away from my house talk like buttholes half the time, but that's just <laughs> the way it is. You know?
1: <laughs> so is do you a, guys say? Is that do you a you guys shot say, at me? <laughs>
3: Oh. No, other way. I was talking southeastern oh, Kentucky. Okay. Do you guys,
1: know,
2: <laughs> uh, do you say Twi'lek or Twi'lek? I say Twi'lek. I say Twi'lek. Twi'lek.
3: It's because I we call, all I call love. Them all crazy Twees. They're just a like, bunch cra- of crazy, crazy
2: Twees. No, I would a, go it, to that
3: Twilight bathhouse, though. I'll tell you that. Check it out. See what they <laughs> yeah. got. Them.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my other thought was I was so happy to see uh, live action Twilex uh, for such a long time on screen do physical roles because, as you know, my, one of my predictions for Rise of Skywalker is to see Harris uh, and Dula appear on screen. So to see actual live action Twilex do something, you know, outside of just a dance move in a poorly lit scene. Um, they're actually getting that makeup put together pretty well. And it looked really believable. And that also could be a lead into how they're going to mock up Ahsoka for live action. I don't know. It was just a weird fan thought I had while watching this.
3: Maybe it was um, a
2: test. Form. And then like
3: this relax. And I, and Quinn, I, who was the brother who right. they uh, were springing, he was probably my favorite character of this uh, band of rogues. We met. I, I liked him. Evil
0: guy. Yeah, jerk, Arc, right? I actually really enjoyed the end of this where he's having the conversation with him about the code and taking him in with the bounty, right? And he says, You killed the others, and he said they got what they deserved, right? right. But the brother, I think at that point, really assumes he killed the rest of them because he only knew him from whatever happened in the past where apparently he abandoned the brother or oh, got himself, right? There's, and there's so a whole something killed there. him. But you clearly see a change in the Mandalorian of maybe whatever he did in the past, right, to what he's doing now where he left them alive, put them in prison, and just captured him. I thought that was a bit of great dialogue between the two.
2: Yeah, there's a whole subplot there that we'll probably expand on since they are alive because they kept alluding to what the Mandalorian did in the past. And yeah. y- you know that you liked it or whatever that line was. Yeah, she said you liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he might he might have just been a ruthless uh, butthole like all these other rogues. I mean, that's you know he might have been that at one point in time, and then got hooked up with that the convent, the uh, Mandalorian convent, and kind of changed his ways a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, may, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see down the road. But um, you know, with that down the road, that's gonna definitely lead us to our next segment. People are counting on us. The galaxy is coming on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the
1: force. That's not how the force works. Oh, really? You're cold?
2: (laughs) So with that, uh... Theories and predictions, we kind of already, Justin, you laid out a few of your thoughts of what's to come. Um, I do like that we didn't see the follow up on the cliffhanger from chapter five. I think that that'll probably be something that gets revisited even next season. I think a lot of these threads, you know, one of my complaints was that these feel like one shots and we're just getting characters for one episode. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of that revisited in season two. Um, And then that's when we're going to start getting a unified front of these characters. Um, You know, for the rest of this season, though, we're probably it's you know, we're definitely going to see Moff Gideon. Uh, I mean, I would be hard pressed to believe if he doesn't show up this season with all the promotional materials and uh, Giancarlo being advertised as an actor in the series. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with the next two episodes. I don't think we're going to see Omira. I don't think we're going to see uh, Cara Dune again this season. Um I I don't think we're going to see Kulil the rest of this season. I I still feel that it's, it's going to have a very prominent cliffhanger that will involve the fate of, uh, of baby Yoda. Um, but other than that, man, I think this episode being a one shot horror film style episode that, that kind of throws some story threads out there and some things we might want to learn about. I don't think it did anything for the, the story at large. Um, other than just, Showing the dudes on the run again. He's just on the run, just constantly on the run. So I'm kind of curious on where that's going to go. Um, we now we did get a fan question in for the Mandalorian specific. We were asking for Rise of Skywalker questions, but Insta uh, InstaSlyn on uh, Instagram at Insta hit us up with this uh, with this question here. So I kind of want to dive into this. Um, quote: I love the Mandalorian. Love, 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 love it. But there's one glaring elephant in the room to, to me that I just can't ignore, the tracking fobs. They're cool. Mm-hmm. I love them, but I can't come up with a way for them to work in the context they are now, but not to work later. If these things exist five years after uh, Return of the Jedi, why isn't this technology being used to find Ray, Finn, and Leia, etc.? Uh, like I said, I like them. They're cool, but I can't think of a way to make them work story-wise. Tried brainstorming for for how it to work. The only Do they only work for people who have been detained before, much like f- being fingerprinted? They Can they track you forever? But then again, the child probably hasn't been fingerprinted. Uh, how do you guys think they work?
1: That question is once again from InstaSlin. So what do you guys think? How do the tracking fobs work? Well, you know, we lost the recipe for Roman concrete. So, I mean, that's... <laughs> oh um, we don't even don't, know how to go they, to the
3: moon anymore. Yeah,
1: don't they? Don't they have? Okay, so in reality, here or in Star Wars reality, don't they, don't they have a tracking fob on Rey? And that's Leia was like carrying it, and then she ended up giving it to um, Yeah, it's like a bracelet to Finn. A bracelet. Yeah. A
3: Beacon type. That's a little yeah. bit different, I think, probably yeah. because yeah, they both a thing, have like similar a thing technology. that are connected
1: to each other. But yeah,
3: well, we've talked about this before. That we're there's a lot of questions about these tracking fobs and how yeah. they're, maybe
1: they're out. Maybe they got outlawed.
0: But it's crazy that if you have something like that that's linked to, like, biometric information, like a blood or fingerprint or something like that, how do we not have retinal scanners or thumbprint things? Because, to your point, the Razor Crest needs way better security than a push-button thing, right? Right? How can he not get, like, a thumbprint scanner or an eye scanner if the fob is working off of something biometric? So, I don't know. It's crazy. My main impression
3: has been, or at least my head cannon i guess has been that that actual fob we see the thing that we're beeping is obviously proximity based it starts beeping faster as they get closer but maybe that thing only actually kicks in if you're within a certain range like i don't think you can just start following a beep from anywhere in the galaxy right that's why when he first talked to werner herzog's the client uh he said he gives him the last known location So he can get close to it at least. And then there's also, he mentions the chain code, and he only had the last two digits or whatever. But uh, when you are taking a bounty, apparently you get this tracking fob in addition to other information that you have. So I don't think it's as simple as, I have a fob, I can find someone. Or otherwise, there would already be people just popping up out of hyperspace hyperspace every three seconds to try and get the Mandalorian, right? If it was that easy. So obviously there's more to it.
1: I think this is something that will end up getting explained in more detail in supplemental materials and comics or in, in books. And I think, I think, I mean, I feel like that's the way it's been forever. Is that like the, right. the, the yeah. movies will show you something and then you'll find out it works in the EU somewhere. But Star Wars, I think the thing to remember too, is Star Wars tech is kind of wonky sometimes, where sometimes we it's have fantasy. great exp- Yeah great explanations for stuff and then sometimes rogue one shows you that the star war or that the death star plans are on tape uh, like (laughs) analog media so i mean it's it's weird so yeah i would say look for it in a book yeah that's
0: a very good
3: question
1: Oh, I love yeah, the question. That's a great question. It's, yeah. a, it's
3: we've been it, wondering.
1: Yeah, it's a
2: definite head scratcher to me. I mean, the only thing I can think of is is rooted in biometrics. But then again, how do you get that DNA? How do you get that? You know, what is what is that? That is it is a fascinating thing because. Um, they're tracking Baby Yoda all over the galaxy. You're right. If it's proximity, it's a, it's a. I don't even know. That technology is so hardcore, man. That is terrifying. And I think, yeah, the the second point to his question was why aren't they using it now with with the new gang and the new Republic? I think that this device probably is so brutal um, that they did the New Republic did outlaw them. They're probably banned. I mean, then again, we don't have any uh any information right now if the bounty hunter guild still exists in the new republic or um you know post new republic era whatever era we're in right now in rise yeah. of skywalker um, well what if the you know what if the bounty
3: hunter guild folds sometime between the mandalorian and where we are in the movies that are being released and that technology is lost with them they were the people who had it or something i don't know that's
1: we've cargo holds I, the i patent, think we will get know,
3: some
2: kind of yeah. yeah, no, that is a fascinating question because I don't think any one of us can answer it definitively, and that's just something that the show is going to have to explain. Show or supplemental material is going to have to explain, but I'm I'm curious. I'm definitely fascinated by it. I just – biometrics, man. That's where I'm at. Um, what about you guys? Any predictions for the rest of the season or the next episode?
1: I, I think the, uh, the last two – we've had a couple side stories. I think the last two episodes are going to – pull us uh, back into the main story and kind of you know give us some sort of c- conclusion or cliffhanger for that and i I actually do think they pull Kara Dune in for at least one more episode um i th- I feel like the fan base would be too mad for them to introduce a character that they've promoted so much and then to only use her in one I think yeah. I think she'll be back for at least I one of yeah, the two I agree so you um, think
2: they, they're they're going to go back to that planet, or do you think that they're going to meet
1: somewhere off planet? Yeah, I don't know that they'll be back on that planet. I just think I I wouldn't be surprised if I think we're going to see all of the major players again. I think you're going to see I think these last two episodes are going to pull them off in Grief Karga and Cara Dune.
2: We'll probably see Grief Karga again. I don't necessarily think uh that we're gonna see these characters again i disagree i don't think that we're gonna see them uh this season at
0: least i think my only thing was what i had said earlier about seeking someone out that has knowledge of what the yodeling is that's the only thing that he hasn't done yet that i really think needs to come come out if if they're gonna stay with the 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 yodeling the child plot right and that's, if that's the premise of the show, right. Or does he hand the child off at some point to somebody else that knows what to do with it? And then we get a new storyline. Do you know what I mean? So I think there's going to be at some point, he's got to find somebody that knows what to do with this kid, um, and can take care of it. And it's, it's safe. So I think that's coming soon.
2: I agree with that angle. I like that. I like that, that route. And I think that Maybe we'll explore it in the future. I still think that Omera ultimately becomes the caretaker of the child at some point. Um, maybe that's season three material because my my prediction is still they go to Camino in season two. But uh, you never know. I don't know, man. There's only there's only two hours left of this unless that final uh, episode is two hours long. We only got two hours left, maybe. I mean, this episode was 43 minutes. Uh, there was another episode that was only like 30-some minutes. So we'll see. Um, Kyle, what about you, man? Any, any final thoughts on the rest of the season? I'm
3: kind of with Josh. I think we're going to return to more of the form of the, the first few episodes and dig more into that main storyline as opposed to these kind of offshoot storylines we've had the last few episodes. Um, but uh, it's hard for me to predict. I think they may pull one of those moves where we've seen shows like Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and stuff do where Hopefully, we'll get a maybe an hour-long season finale, and we'll have a little more time to. I, I don't think that would be out of the realm of possibility, or at least an extended episode, something like
2: that. So, I think the extended finale is probably going to happen. Here, you just said Walking Dead, and as we know, I'm a noted Walking Dead freak fan. Um, right they there, have, with- they have the tendency to do these awful, awful side bar <laughs> episodes where they focus on a non you know a non-critical character um do we feel that they might explore this in the next episode where it's a Cara Dune or Omera centric episode trying to explain the backstory of another character or you think it's still just going to focus primarily on Mandalorian and, and the child
3: if something like that was going to happen I think it would happen down the road um I think maybe they want this would want this show to be a little more established first. I th- I could see a situation where maybe we have a cold open with Cara Dune and our first scene is with Cara Dune and then it explains how she meets up with him or something okay. like that. I'd be I'd be surprised at this juncture if we had an episode that did not feature the Mandalorian and or Baby Yoda.
2: Okay. Very good. Very good. Well, if you guys don't have anything else, I think it's about that time. You're all
3: clear, kid. Now let's
0: blow this thing and go home. You got a really good feeling about this.
2: All right, that wraps up this episode seven of the Star Wars Friends Show. A lot to dissect. I feel like if we weren't hitting that two-hour mark and we all had things to do, we could probably still keep talking about this
1: episode. I'm Uh, so (laughs) angry.
2: Me too. (laughs) Lunchtime (laughs) here. (laughs)
0: That's the best thing, though, is we can all have different opinions. We can talk about it for hours, and no one gets their fan card revoked.
2: Yay, we all have our fan cards. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Man, real fan, not a fake yeah. fan. Right. So, you know, um, this is good. Who would have thought we could have talked this much about a quote unquote, you know, uh filler? It's not really a filler episode, but it wasn't anything, you know, I'd critical. Swear. Yeah, so this was good, guys. I, I definitely enjoyed chatting about this. Um, you know, for all you new listeners out there, thank you once again. We we broke the hundred mark on Twitter. We broke the hundred mark followers on Facebook. Uh, thank you for following along with us as we uh, we introduce ourselves to the Star Wars community. This and interacting. is
3: interacting. Uh, we had some good interactions this week.
2: Some great <laughs> interactions this week. Um, you know, I know Josh. You got a shout out you want to you want to throw out there?
1: Yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, CL Slugger eighty two. Uh, he's been um, interacting with us a bunch on there, and he actually took the time to write this really nice like promo for us too. He's like just wrote a tweet saying about how much he liked the show and that we sh- people should give it a listen. And yeah. he put this uh, a Yoda get, Yoda like rapping or dancing, which was pretty funny too. <laughs> Very nice. Well, so yeah, thanks I, for the shout out. That shout out was tight because it, you know what he said
2: in there was he's traditionally a horror film fan and you know he just happened to come across our podcast by the by the ways of the force and he's happy that he did so yeah however you get a hold of us man and, and listen one of our other friends i gave him a shout out last week at 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 uh, bad cane said that he found us on a uh, pocket cast and i've never heard of pocket cast before mm. um and i looked into it it's just another po- podcast aggregator so it's fascinating to see where people find us and uh you know if you haven't noticed already, we're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, StarWarsFriends.com. But as far as social media, that's where it's all that's where it's all happening. We're trying to post the latest news and, you know, kind of give you guys some behind the scenes things. Um, but it's always at SW Friends Show at SW Friends Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and then we also have a show email show at Star dot com. We got some questions coming for tomorrow's episode on the Rise of Skywalker. Thanks to our fans. And we just want to hear more from you. Um, Justin, you got a shout out you want to throw out there
0: yeah so for the collectors out there if you're not already a member of uh the community of star wars collectors on facebook you should totally go join it's just a nice group of people that you know celebrate their collections and share what they've got and um they do uh, weekly contests. they do a what's in the box contest they do a uh, photo of the uh, photo of the week contest as well like your figures whatever you've got in your collection um, they do give out prizes on there as well. I actually uh, watched the Order sixty six live show last night. I purchased something and I donated it to the uh, to the uh, community of Star Wars collectors. So, oh, that's that awesome! Of the prizes that they give out. So, um, yeah. So if you guys haven't checked it out, please do. It's just a really cool page. Um, and guys, at Order sixty six are always great too. So, um, if you guys haven't bought anything from them. Uh, they're they're really easy to work with and great selection.
2: That's great. And I, and I want to tack on to that Vintage Toy Division on Instagram. I have spent more money than I care to admit through him. Uh, he just basically finds old vintage because I'm a vintage collector. Uh, he finds really high quality vintage stuff for a uh, non-Evil Bay price and uh, also a vintage toy division. Very good uh, community to work with in the collector's end. So um, now, as usual, every episode we do have a contest and we are giving out that exclusive Funko Pop Chrome Green Yoda. Uh, and we did. Have have some uh, some people that were definitely Funko heads retweet us, and as always, you can we have a contest, just retweet or share, and we will throw your hat in or throw your name in the hat and uh, draw it here live on the show. So let's go ahead and do that right now. Got the random generator moving. Da, 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 da. The winner is at CTZ Records. So, at CTZ Records, I got to look up your handle name, uh, but you have won the exclusive summer convention Yoda Chrome Green Funko Pop. So, that's super cool. Thanks to our, our friend in the forest, Vic, uh, who is absent right now, but I think he's joining with us uh, on the Rise of Skywalker show tomorrow, <laughs> donating that for us. All right. And then, that, as always, we have a t shirt to give away. So, who's coming up next on that? Da-da-da. 66 megahertz at 66 megahertz won the star wars friends t-shirt so we'll hit you guys up on those social media channels and make sure you guys get those awesome prizes uh well guys we got a big show coming tomorrow we had a big show today big show tomorrow let's get some sleep let's uh fill our stomachs filled with sugar cookies holiday sugar cookies and uh get prepared to battle it out tomorrow at the rise of skywalker show um but to our listeners thank you for real from the bottom of our hearts uh we really appreciate you joining us on this uh incredible journey here as we just talk star wars and it's fun it's a lot of fun um anything else you guys want to add before we split no
3: if you emailed us or sent us a question on social media we're getting to it don't forget uh, we didn't forget we didn't miss it we're going to talk about it tomorrow
2: Hell yeah. All right. Well, with that, guys, I bid you adieu. And may the Force be with you. Always. And also with you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Catch you next time.